the Pat McAfee Show. There'll be no rules for our guests, for us, for the things we can talk about. Speaking his mind. I've never had a problem expressing my opinions or my thoughts or anything like that. While being relatable. I haven't had that manufactured fake-ass celebrity that a lot of people have whenever they go on those big networks. I've had a chance to really build my crew, build my following, build my audience. And ridiculous. What am I supposed to do? So I'm supposed to look at something that I can definitely afford and say, nah. Is that what I'm supposed to do? The Pat the McAfee Show starts in three, three two, two, one. Hello, beautiful people. It is WrestleMania Friday, April 1st, 2022. Rabbit, rabbit, this sports show begins now. Yeah! Can't Boom. thank you enough for joining us here on this glorious Friday, feel good Friday at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. I got a spray tan this morning. It is currently settling in. I had an opportunity last night to be a part of the big stage and set reveal for the most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. I got to meet the dude perfect guys. Ooh, nice. Oh. It was nice to shake their hands. Let's go shake their hands. Good energy from them. Very positive. They threw a football really far. One into a hole. Pyro went off. All of a sudden, there was uh, fireworks off the top of this stadium that we're currently in. It was magical. WrestleMania weekend has officially begun. Before we dive into all of that, there's a lot going on in the NFL. Two guys joining me live at AT&T Stadium here in Jerry World, the nicest stadium I've ever been in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Gonna say it. This thing's 13 years old. It looks like it was just created yesterday. The upkeep is second to none. The views are spectacular. In the inside of that thing, I got to be in there last night, obviously, for a little bit. This place is awesome. We're very lucky to be here. Shout out to our folks at SeatGeek for making the connection. Shout out to Shane. You know, I just met Shane here for the Cowboys, uh, and he kind of set this whole thing up. Good guy. This has been a dream come true this week. It's only going to get better. The two guys joining me at Boston Connor, at Nick Moraldo. Oh, uh, Nick, you got an Undertaker shirt on, huh? Hey, how about it? Uh, for shoot, Pat, I'm fully marking out while we're here. It's WrestleMania week. I could not be more pumped. Thank you, Take. Love you, Take. What? Take's going into the Hall of Fame tonight. Obviously, he's the headliner. That is after SmackDown, 8 o'clock Eastern on Fox, and then the Hall of Fame immediately after on the cock. Hell yeah. Speaking of on the cock, the boys that are on the clock are the hammered down boys who are always up to something. Obviously, the United States gets into the World Cup. We'll be seeing what group they are in. But also, there is March Madness to be had the next few days. So that means we're going to have to take a trip to T4 Town. Ooh. Tone Diggs, Bubba Gumpino, how you boys doing back there? Feeling, uh, feeling really, really, really well. You know, I mean, it's a huge weekend for uh, not only T4, but also the four teams that are playing this weekend. Yeah, all right. <laughs> what the fuck? Clear the pipes. Hey, you all right? Pat, Pat, I'm not sure if you know this or not because you're you're in Dallas. We were 70 the day that you left. Uh, it was 25 and snowing this morning, so a little oh, bit Are you serious? Nice. We got another winter back there? Yeah, the little weather changes got me there. I was not prepared for that. Wow, dude, I thought it was spring. What happened? I, I mean, the goddamn punk's Tony Phil. He tried to tell us, I guess. That rat. That living in a hole... Pop out once a year, deliver bad news, rat. This is the fourth different fake spring, right? I mean, we've had four different fake springs right into winter. When's this one over? At least I have no idea. And I was also up till probably around like 3 a.m. or so uh, waiting for the set reveal to come out. 
Um, you know, I was on pins and needles all night. I'm not sure what, what was taking so long for the set reveal, but when it did reveal, it was fucking awesome. It was. It was absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I saw they, uh, you know, they dropped it overnight. It was like a Taylor Swift, Beyonce-type album. Yeah. Just oh, kind of surprised. Drop. Yeah, 3 a.m. actually. I think it was 3 a.m., 2 a.m., midnight drop. <laughs> midnight West Coast, Yeah, just kidding. Exactly, obviously. Uh, last night was an awesome night. It was a fun night. It was a long night. Uh, at Bubba Gumpino, how are we feeling gambling, pal? Soccer seems to be all the way back. How are you doing? This draw is huge today. I mean, any team can go anywhere. England, Canada, USA. It's a great day for footy. Uh, college basketball this weekend, Final Four, Duke, UNC, great matchup, Kansas as well. I mean, these are massive games this weekend, Pat. All right, so let's not give away too much. There's also a free-to-play happening on FanDuel. I think you just have to be 18 years or older. Ooh. Don't even have to be in a state where gambling is legalized. Okay. And you can uh, enter in to win $10,000 worth of prizes. Whoa! Yeah, Dude. you just got to pick what's going to happen at WrestleMania. They're not allowed to say that because... Fando is not an exclusive partner of WWE. And who knows if I'm even allowed to say that while describing this particular free-to-play. But somebody fucking come and get me. Yeah, Either sorry. side. Whoever wants to come get it, come get you. Free-to-play. Pin them, pick them. Uh, you just have to go through basically the entire card. Pick what you think is going to happen. My match is in there. <laughs> you know. Whoa. Hey, you want to <laughs> win that thing? You know. <laughs> this Once the spray tan starts coming in, oh, it's starting to cook a little orange down there. Damn it. Uh, life is pretty good, man. All right, let's talk about what's going on in the NFL. Uh, Bobby Wagner, immediately upon this show ending yesterday, which always seems to be the case with awesome news, Bobby Wagner signs a five-year, $50 million deal with the Los Angeles Rams. That's via Ian Rappaport, who will join us in the third hour today. $50 million contract that can be worth up to $65 million. After weeks of talking, Wagner lands back in the division as he wanted. Richard Sherman said yesterday i believe hey look for some wagner news to come and he ruled out the uh the niners yep. and he ruled out the chargers chargers yes he was in la he went and visited the rams and everybody's automatically assuming he's going to go to the rams but how will the rams be able to afford bobby wagner how will the rams be able to have all the superstars that they have coming fresh out of a super bowl and no they haven't re-signed odell beckham jr yet but he's got surgery he's going to take his time and i know that they lost von miller to buffalo because he got a six-year hundred and $20 million deal, which is like a three-year, 60 or $50 million deal, yeah. whatever the case. How are they going to be able to continue to build, continue to realign? But now they got Aaron Donald on the D-line alongside some other freak shows who are very, very talented. Then you got Bobby Wagner Roman at the linebacker position, and then Jalen Ramsey on the back end. Offense is still absolutely packed to the gills. That whole team's concept of we hate young NFL players, okay? Uh -huh. <laughs> Listen, if you're young, you might be great. We're pulling for you. We hope you make all the money in the world. You can cover a punt or two for us if you fucking need to, but we're going to make sure this core is a bunch of dudes. And Bobby Wagner fits their team perfectly. He'll be able to fly around. Good for the Rams, and I love when teams go all in and this is another example of the Los Angeles Rams doing exactly what we had wished every other team would do. Yeah there's 31 other teams like usually I'd take a shot at the Colts now like hey you have so much cap space but I mean even the Patriots it's like everybody should have probably had an offer in for Wagner and also the Rams losing Von Miller almost helping them a little bit because they got Allen freed, Robinson too. Freed this, up some cash. Yeah freed up a little cap space and they basically replaced him immediately and you know Leonard Floyd's still on that defensive line like you were saying I mean they're going to be unbelievable. I saw the boy will compton he cut a promo yesterday about the salary cap and yes. excuse well you and me i think he's been in the nfl nine years i don't know how many years he's been probably longer than me i'm not, uh, i was in there for eight 
Everything we were told was a lie, Will. Mm-hmm. Literally everything. Everything that every media person has told you for this entire time to kind of cover for NFL teams for not spending money has been a lie. Now, Tyreek Hill, I guess, debunks that. Devontae Adams, I guess, debunks that. But they could have scripted or set up those contracts to be long-term with kind of spread it out throughout there and be a $1 million, $2 million cap hit. That is what the L.A. Rams have done. That's what the Buccaneers have done. Yep. That's what the Chiefs were able to do before they had to lose Tyreek Hill. At some point, it'll catch up to them. And then when it does, by the way, they can just new the they can just move the shell again they can just kind of move the shell game and just kind of keep it going if they really wanted to so i don't know if the salary cap is a complete myth because there has been some cap casualties over the years but with that being said if a team wants a guy they can make it happen no questions asked just like old bobby wags goes to the rams tone Diggs, this is a big piece i mean did we expect him to go to the rams and how did we expect him to get 50 million dollars i did not expect 50 million dollars for bobby wagner i might have been wrong there no i I didn't expect 50 million dollars at all and i don't know how it was reported i don't know if it was reported in the way it should reported or if it was reported in the way that you know people like to sensationalize things um, uh, so it was not a $50 million deal, you're saying. It says it's worth up to 65 It was worth 50 So I thought they were uh, covering it how, you know, the Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists here at the Pat McAfee Show, this program, do cover contracts. It, it could have been. I'm not sure to be exact. But I think it was Nick and I maybe, when he became a free agent, we were talking about it, how these guys, like these really good guys, when this happens, sometimes, and it feels like it happens a lot, they tend to stay in their division and they go to a club that they've respected and watched for years and years and years and then they're they that's where they want to go that's where they tend to go and i believe he's from la too but when you talk about like great defenses and i was just thinking about this like i grew up on Steelers and ravens stuff like that like the Steelers and ravens always had a guy on the d-line that's aaron donald for them and then they always had a guy at linebacker like ray lewis or james ferry or something like that so they got bobby wagner there and then they had ed roy ed reed or troy in the back and then rams have uh jalen ramsey so like when great defenses are built, they have it seems like they have a guy at every level and the Rams went out. They didn't have a guy, it seemed like, at linebacker, and they still won the uh, the championship Super Bowl last year. So it feels like now like they could get back to where they were two years ago, like the number one defense in the league potentially. Well, congrats to Bobby Wagner and the Rams. There you go, Bob. And congrats to every other team that's just got to sit back and watch Russell Wilson can, uh, congratulate Bobby Wagner. You deserve it all, legend. As we always say, hey, what we always say, don't get bored with consistency. Mm. Love you forever, bro. By the way, don't get bored with consistency is such a good life motto, especially if you're in a high-level job or whatever, because people get bored of doing the right thing, and then they start cooking up their own shit, start adding it. And I think I saw this. Uh, I went into a studio one time, and it was uh, somebody was recording some music or whatever, and there was this picture on the wall. I just, I believe I was on some vitamins, and I shouldn't have been there. I was riding a coattail with somebody else, and there was a picture on the wall of this drummer, basically, and this drummer, it was, he had his arms everywhere, right? Had his arms everywhere. They're like, great drummer. This is a drummer. And then the next picture was like, this is the drummer we need. We just need you to sit here and just do this. This is all we need you to do. Just do this. So all the show and everything, the only thing this song is going to need is for you just to do your job at, at whatever level you need. Just be as consistent as possible. And I think that can carry over into so many other professions because people get bored with doing the right thing. It happens everywhere. You get complacent. You get comfortable. You get bored with it. You, it becomes second nature. It becomes easy. So you start cooking up some more shit. And that whole 
whole Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner always talking to each other like, hey, don't get bored with doing this shit. Don't get bored with always going, hey, clear eyes, full hearts. We can't wait. Here we go. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you can get sick of doing that type of stuff. You can get sick of putting in the extra reps that you've done thousands and thousands and thousands of times that are maybe so minuscule, but at the end of the day, you're going to fall back on those, and that's really the difference between winning and losing. The fact that Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson seem to have the same mindset, and he's on the defensive side, and he has like a championship pedigree, what a win for the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the Colts didn't need any linebackers. We are yeah. stacked across the board there, so I'm not necessarily upset about this, but I assume there's some teams around the NFL like, what the fuck? How come we didn't get Bobby Wagner? Pat, what's going on with the Ravens? Okay, they were in on Bobby Wagner. They were in on Zadarius Smith. We were told Zadarius Smith was signing there. He bought, he walks out on that deal, goes up to Minnesota. Bobby Wagner seemed like a guy that could end up with the This is what they do. They pick up veteran free agents who are cut, and they kind of revive their careers there and become studs again. Doesn't happen for them. Uh, Lamar Jackson isn't signing the long-term deal. There. There's a lot of controversy going on. What's going on in Baltimore? I don't know what's going on in Baltimore. This fall is last year's offseason. Remember whenever Juju came out and said the Ravens made him an offer, he went back to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. T.Y. said yeah, the Ravens made him an offer, he went back to the Colts. I do wonder what's going on over there. Harbaugh just signed an extendo, so Harbaugh's going to be there for some time. Hopefully this year the Ravens don't have to deal with all the bullshit they had to deal with last year. COVID, injuries, everything like that. Maybe Lamar's waiting for another great season to kind of set the market again for himself but you're right if you're a Ravens fan I'm sure you're asking a lot of questions and what the fuck's going on yeah Honey Badger also just responded to a tweet like hey Honey Badger's coming to uh, Baltimore some bullshit and he actually responded to it saying like no you remember what happened last time and I'm not I'm not sure exactly what he was referencing but just add that to another you know, the list of guys that don't want to go to Baltimore so much like the insiders we got got yesterday with that uh, Billy Davis uh, oh yeah Billy Moss David, David. Tony Ross. Tony Ross. Tony Ross. No, he wasn't. He Tony wasn't Billy Moss. Billy Moss. And if at Billy Moss NFL. NFL. At, yeah. at Will Dave. Moss. At huh? David Moss NFL. At Dave Moss NFL. Said that the Steelers are going all or nothing on Tyron Matthew. Everybody on the internet told us that was a bunch of bullshit. And we kind of said that as we were reporting it, but we still yeah. had to report the news because that guy had a shield bind. Willie Moss was appearing to be a professional, but now here on April Fool's Day, it's getting everybody to. Yeah, as soon as the all or nothing in the uh, tweet came out, or like the, the phrasing in the tweet, so the Steelers have never done anything where they're all or nothing. And then I, I did later in the day see that he that, twi- that Twitter account was Kevin Colbert last week. Um, oh, we got so that's a new McCockner. He's a mover. Dave He's Moss. a mover. It, which is troubling because if you can't trust a guy with the shield behind, behind him, him in their yeah. profile right. pic, on who the can you trust? On the internet, with, the with NFL in his name, yeah. suit and tie. I mean, who? Hey, what's that other dude's name? Uh, Billy Spikes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the original. <laughs> well, who's it? Yeah. Dove. Yeah, that's Dove. That was the report. Yeah. I love Dove. He breaks a lot of news. Speaking of news, uh, Dan Snyder's going to have to sell the team. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's been hit piece after hit piece about the toxic culture that has been run in the Washington football team's building for years and years and years. RG3 almost wrote a book. We don't know what happened with that, explaining about how he witnessed all of this. There's been testimony. The Congress has gotten involved. The Washington Post has had private investigators in there. There has been so much that has been learned about the Washington football team over the last year that you can't help but wonder, like, man, is that the worst operating building on planet 
earth. And somehow they were able to wade through all those murky waters, and Snyder was able to keep the team. He kind of fell to the back. His wife became the new focal point, the new spokesperson. You get Jason Wright in there as president. You change the name. Ron Rivera comes in. They're trying to move past everything that happened in the past that we all learned about in a rather quick fashion. It was like, boom, boom, boom. This place stinks. You don't believe us? Here's another. Boom, another one. Here's another. Boom, scandal is coming out of that whole place from everything that has happened, whether it's with the cheerleaders, with the workers, with the team, with the ideas, with the decisions, with the trips, with the money. Oh, the money oh, now. So not only is, you know, poop pipes, uh, poop pipes bursting in the stadium over there at FedEx Field because it's a trash place, not like this AT&T. Oh, no, no, no. And I don't have a dog in the fight in the NFC East, but I will say this is the stadium yeah. you want to play in. First class. We got to walk around it. This place is incredible. But we wondered how Dan Snyder was going to be able to survive all of this. And everybody that was a Washington football fan, everybody that was an NFL fan would say, no, no, this is what Dan Snyder does. And there's actually memes that are like, oh, shit, Dan Snyder ain't going to survive this. Then the next one is Dan Snyder survives it. And then right after it's like, well, how did that happen? And then just kind of something else comes in and then boom, Dan Snyder gets buried again. Now there's alleged reports that the Congress has found out that he has been running two different books to paint two different pictures about the team's finances. Congress will now expand its probe into the team's toxic workplace to include the finances. That's via front office sports, who I do believe we could still buy if we had to. Now, with that being said, we appreciate Appreciate front office sports with this breaking news. And Dan Snyder can get around all of the toxic exposés coming from Bezos's company somehow. We didn't think he was going to be able to survive, but he was able to somehow. This one, wherever you get into the finances and you have the government involved, I really taught a couple things. Don't fuck with the IRS. Yep. Do okay? it. The IRS Don't is going to get you. They got more people. They got more money they want to get. If he's painting two different books, as if he's running some sort of Ponzi scheme, as if he's hiding money, the government's got nothing else to do but snoop around. This could be the breaking point for Snyder having to sell that team. And in Washington, with a brand new name, now granted Carson Wentz is the quarterback, so mm-hmm. I guess he's going to have to be who you go forward with. And by the way, if he's playing great football, I, I think that's a great pick. This is a very desirable team to get, especially in a place with all the power in the world, basically. Yeah, and we were just talking yesterday about like how the process of acquiring a new team. Like if someone does, even if nothing comes to this for Snyder, if someone goes to Goodell, like Bezos, you were just mentioning, says, "Hey, look, Roger, I'll give you seven billion dollars, and I'll give you three more, and I'll pay for the new stadium all on my own." Like with all the drama surrounding Snyder, like isn't this a new chapter? For the football team and commanders, like get a new owner if you're going to do that. Gumpy, let me know. The internet, you know the internet better than anybody. The internet told me that Snyder and Goodell are just boys. Is that why Snyder always gets past all this? Or is it just because he's a billionaire and he's an NFL owner so he can do whatever he wants whenever he wants? That sounds right. It sounds like everything, no matter what happens, somehow gets swept under the grud, like under the rug, like the Gruden stuff, like how none of those emails got released. Like it feels like no matter what happens, he gets saved, Pat. I do not know why. So that would make sense. In Pat, the, and- yeah, go, hold on. In the United States of Goodell, okay? Oh, yeah. In the United States of Goodell, his, his rules, you know, far exceed the states in a lot of different things. But if the Congress and the government get involved in a potential Ponzi scheme, two different books, hiding of money, that means you're hiding of taxes, plus all these exposés, it's going to get real loud. Not that it hasn't been already, but once the money thing gets involved and the government feels like they've potentially been fucked, they are going to come.
I mean, they are going to be the big bad wolf. They were showing up at league meetings, what, last year the Congress was showing up mm-hmm. and saying, excuse me, what are we doing about this asshole team in Washington? What are we doing over here? I'm fascinated by it all because I think the way the selling of teams goes, and I know at the league meetings they said they are looking for uh, diversity and ownership and they hope that one of the next teams that goes for sale, that happens. But I looked into it a little bit more. I think the only way teams are sold is blind auction. I think it's like a blind auction. Like, you just put in a bid. You have to get okayed, I believe, by all the other owners. Then once you get okayed, you're allowed to put in, like, a blind bid. So, like, if Bezos really wants that, and they say, well, the team's worth $4 billion or $5 billion, but if some ridiculously rich group of people just want to come in and say, hey, we'll go $10 billion, it's like, bang, that's being sold like that. I, I'm pretty sure that's how it all goes. And I don't know how Snyder escapes that, especially with Bezos, you know, jacked up on his yacht just mm-hmm. dreaming about being an nfl owner all day i was gonna say as some my mom's been an accountant for 40 years i was an accountant for three years in college and balanced quite a bit of books and phil had a really incredible tweet yesterday on do you know how hard this is he wasn't keeping two separate books just for the fun of it like when they when they dig into this there's gonna be some shit like oh those numbers people love catching other numbers people's too. Like that's like oh. that's like whenever uh, when Phil has to sit down with whoever the accounting people is at whatever other company we're at, and the Excel spreadsheets come out. Oh, it is awesome. It's like I'm in a nerd Super Bowl there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, this number doesn't make sense. How'd you get to this? And then, oh yeah, we actually did get that wrong. Let me go ahead and in there. He had to do it with two different books. What was that movie where old buddy the rich the, guy? The accountant. Not, yeah, not the accountant where he was killing people. The um, That documentary about that super rich guy that was fucking bamboozling like princes and everybody. Oh, the, uh, not the Tinder Swindler. Was it that one? No, no. Tinder Swindler was a catfish. I'm talking about a guy who was Ponzi What's the stocks? Right? Madoff? Bernie Madoff? Was oh. it Madoff? Madoff. Madoff had like princes and governments and everything investing with him. And they had that own floor, that own office where somebody else was keeping all the books. And they had to keep the fake books just as accurate as they had to keep the real books. So for every move they made on the real book, they had to make it look smaller on the fake book. That is double the amount of work immediately, and you can't tell anybody else about it because the bigger it gets, the more people know. I wonder how many people knew they had multiple books because that's an easy thing to crack. It had to be just one or two people. And whenever you're talking about billions and billions of dollars, that's a lot of numbers that they have to put in the Excel spreadsheet. It is wild. All right, let's get to a break here on this glorious feel-good Friday. April 1st, rabbit, rabbit. Don't fall for any of the bullshit today. Everybody's foolish today. Mm-hmm. Ian Rappaport's already fallen for two fake trades. Don't be like Ian Rappaport. Come on, Rappaport. Uh, on the other side of the break, we have absolute living legend, Kofi Kingston, joining us. Uh, and I am so thankful he is here. I am so thankful to be in AT&T Stadium. I am so thankful it's WrestleMania weekend. Let's enjoy the hell out of this. We'll see you in four minutes. Welcome back to the Pat McAfee Show here. On this glorious Feel Good Friday, April 1st, 2022, WrestleMania Friday, we're being joined by one of the best vibes of all time. A man who's been in the WWE for 14 years, the first African-born WWE champion in history from the greatest tag team in the history of WWE. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Patriots fan, which kind of sucks because uh, uh, of Kingston. Oh, sir, you can't just throw that in there like that. Well, I, Why would you say that? Well, you going to lie to all these people? You have on. an international uh, audience? You're just going to sit there and lie? Well, there was a buildup, a lot of buildup. You heard yeah. me, compliment, yeah, compliment, yeah, yeah. compliment, compliment. Now let's point out the flaw. This yeah. guy likes the Patriots the just like that guy right there. I it's like you guys don't like greatness when people say that. You know what I mean? Like you can't achieve greatness yourself unless you can appreciate greatness. You got to appreciate the dynasty that is the Patriots. You yeah. understand that? And only, and only when you appreciate it can you then have similar success. I'm not going to say you're going to have the same level of success. No. Yeah. Similar success. Yeah. You know? Hell Come yeah. on, man. No, shut Woo. up. Don't you. do me like that, Pat. No, not you, Kofi. You, you keep talking. Like that, no, I appreciate you, know? you, Kofi, but you need to shut up. He makes a lot of good points. I'm I just, just think saying. they need to be emphasized. You know? Yeah, I mean. Come on, man. I haven't won a playoff game in three years. Same amount of playoff wins as the Colts the last three years. Robert Kraft actually told me that. I mean, the body of work. If yeah. you want to, you know, talk about years. the coach and the Patriots. I don't want to start anything. You want to talk yeah. about the body of work. You talk about the coach. You talk about the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. The Patriots are the standard, by the I way. Greatest <laughs> dynasty in the history. Greatest dynasty in the history of sports. Not sure it'll ever happen again, actually. It's special. Very special. Uh, did you play football growing up? What did you do I did. I, I played football in high school. Um, I played D-back and a little bit of running back, but my hands are very small. I couldn't catch. Oh. You see? You see, I couldn't catch out there, but yeah. I could swap the passes down. Athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was out there, and uh, I actually wrestled, too, in high school. Okay, yeah, I heard yeah. you wrestle, by the way. Yeah. I believe yeah. Connor yeah. from similar yeah. Go Satrums. You know what I'm saying? Satrums, baby. Yeah. yeah. Same high school. Woo! You know? Same team you like in the NFL. Uh -huh. Yeah. What? Same hatred of... from every other fan base. What? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, know, we just it, went back to it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a thing. You, know, uh, you expect rest, it, though. Professional wrestling. Yes. Was that always the dream? Was it always something you wanted to get into? Because I yeah. talk to everybody that's in the WWE right now, especially the black dudes. Yeah. Kofi, you are a guy that everybody oh, looks boy. up to. Obviously, like Booker T, and there's greats that have come before you. Yeah. But it, with this generation, you are the guy that everybody's looked up to. Even the guys yeah. in the New Day, I've talked to them. Big E, Xavier Woods. They're like, well, actually, we looked up to Kofi, and then now getting to work <laughs> with him was a big deal. So did you always want to do it? Did you know you were going to be a wrestler? Yeah, it's crazy because I feel like everybody has a moment where they realize, like, oh, I saw this match, and then I knew I wanted to be a wrestler, or this happened, I met this guy. For me, I feel like I've always been a fan. I can't remember a specific moment. Yeah. I used to watch Saturday Morning Superstars, you know what I mean? And just, like, it was a part of my routine. Every Saturday, like religiously, that's what I watched. When Raw came out initially and wrestling wasn't cool, you know, I was one of the only people that liked it. But then Stone Cold and The Rock and the Attitude Era right. come around. Hell and yeah. then everyone's giving each other like Stone Cold stutters in the hallway. And I'm like, wait a minute, this, uh, you, you guys, this wasn't cool to you, you yesterday. You want to jump on the bat? You didn't even ask me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is my thing. But um, yeah, I feel like I've always been a fan, man, and uh, I've just been attracted to the, the the glitz and the glamour and the fireworks, and particularly like you know, for example, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was one of my guys, and he uh, had like the martial arts, the high flying, you know, and I, you know, the bright colors. He came with the Komodo dragon, breathing out fire. Like, how could you not be attracted to this? You know what I mean? How could you not be drawn to this? So, yeah, man, just the spectacle of it all really drew me in, and I've always been a fan of. Well, since. and I think the WWE is very thankful that you've been. A fan forever because your athleticism the way you go your energy the mic work like new day is a groundbreaking trailblazing group that's going to be talked about 50 100 years from now yeah it's been a lot of fun and it's funny that you say that because like we don't really think about like so far down the line because we're still in it right we're still trying to make great moments we're still trying to be great and um but when you look at like our body of work and the things that we've done we've done so many just special things. why do you guys so many... work you think 
Why do you I think th you guys it, work? It's just the chemistry, man. It's the chemistry. Uh, it, it's a very real brotherhood. Like I'm even, I'm gonna get, it, I'm getting like emotional even like thinking about how much love I have for for Woods and Ian. We talk about it probably at least like a couple of times a month. We just will sit there and just start gushing, uh, just how much we appreciate each other on text. You know, uh, it's a very real bond, man. I feel like if you are lucky enough to meet one person that you connect with, that you bond with, that you identify with, it, you, you're you're lucky, right? Like it's a it's a you know, just it's very unique. You're not supposed to meet people that you get this close to. And I met two in the same industry. We have the same vibes. We travel together. I think we've been a group since, officially since what 2016. I think we debuted. We've never had any kind of like argument, any kind of fights or you know disagreements. We're always supporting one another, and we just want the best for each other. So it's just a real bond when we're out there, like. We're trying to pop ourselves, man. We're trying to just have fun <laughs> and make each other laugh and make each other break man. out there and everybody gets to watch it and uh, and, and enjoy it. So. Yeah, yeah, some of the stuff you guys do. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you need to relax. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like in the commercial break, yeah. we go straight to Pat. We start messing with them, taking pictures. And, you know, I think I was... Uh, I got Kofi twerking yeah, in front of That's what I was about to say. You know me, like I'll shake my hips. I, I'm, a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a twerker. Yeah, you know? two I'm minutes a, straight, twerker, this guy, right in know? front of me. Look at me. And then you want to make He's screaming, yeah, look at me. And then Biggie, look at him. Yeah. And I'm like yeah. sitting there like, all right. I mean? Don't all look right. away. Don't he look away. He hit me with a pancake in New Orleans. Yeah. You guys are coming out hit me square in the face. Pinpoint accuracy. Yeah. You got to keep your head on a swivel out there. A lot of people like, you know, they'll be sitting there like texting. I don't know who you're, who you're talking to, but you need to be focusing on what I'm doing in there. Because yeah. if you're not, you might catch that pancake right in the cheek. You know? Got my you just ass. might catch a pancake How in the cheek. How many years do you guys throw those pancakes for? I think it, what, maybe like three, four years or Straight, something like that? Straight, every show. They're coming out with pancakes. Yeah. There had to be a thousand of them made, oh, yeah. and you guys were throwing pancakes, slanging them, bro, and that, slanging them. That was also with the bootios, I believe. We had bootios. We tried to get ice cream. Um, that didn't become a real thing, but you know, it, we we do what we can out there. The fact that we even had pancakes out there, like I think we had a, uh, it was a lumberjack match with me and E versus I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Woods on the outside. It was all the lumberjacks, all the wrestlers outside, making sure that when we got thrown out of the ring, they throw us back in. But Woods, they is, beat you up, too. you know, yeah, right. yeah they, they, they give you. A little something and then throw you back in get your ass back in there you know but woods is on our team so he's like not just a lumberjack he's the chief jack you know Ooh. he's the chief jack so he's got to stand out oh. so lumberjacks of course they wear their uh, their flannel right Damn. so woods had i don't know where, like where you find flannel in a towel you know what i mean like a flannel vest he just went out found one got Walmart. a flannel vest cut the sleeves Walmart, yeah. off you know <laughs> he's wearing that he's wearing his like lumberjack hat and of course, lumberjacks have pancakes. So now he's out there with the pancakes. And the only thing the people cared about in that entire match was the plate of pancakes that Woods was sporting. We're out there taking bumps, getting hurt, getting thrown out, getting beat up, and everyone's talking about, we want pancakes. I'm like, God, you gonna cheer for me or what? You know? So pancakes were born the next week. We just went to Vince and we were like, hey, can we bring these out again? It's like, do you wanna bring them out? Is that what you wanna do? <laughs> So yeah, yeah, we think the people might the people might like it. All right, go on, take them, go on, go on, go on, go on. And there, and pancakes were born, you know. So we and just like, were slinging those then pancakes. Then like six months bro. later, you go and you're like, hey, I think we're done with the pancakes. Yeah. No, nope, they oh, love yeah. the pancakes. Oh, God, 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 gotta have the pancakes. <laughs> so you know, Woods plays trombone, and for a while, like uh, it was me, Ian Woods. Uh, we would have like six man tag team matches, and we have three people on our team. So like the logical thing would be like the three of us were a team. We'd be out there, but there was a period of about like six months to a year where we would have another random wrestler on our team 
because Vince was like, no, what was I just, I gotta have that trombone. (laughs) I gotta have that trombone out there. We're like, all right. So for like two years, we're just out there just. (laughs) And that's what they wanted, you know? So yeah, it's all good. Uh, In the history of wrestling, normally the people that uh, bring good times, good vibes, funny, everything like that not champions right there's like different roles for everybody so you have had to kind of balance it i mean you came in with a jamaican accent what you talking about gold school coffee kingston <laughs> you're talking about throwback coffee kingston i rude boy you're talking about the beach you're talking about jamaica i everything i read on the club boy boom 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 oh whoa throwback excuse me sorry sorry didn't mean to go back right there didn't mean to take it back on you no but that was an incredible that was how i think we're obviously we're all introduced to you and then you know a couple weeks later you come back you're completely different character but the entire evolution of you you've always been upbeat high energy funny and you even had a championship run in the middle there which is not normal at all is that something you have to think about because you know the business a lot better than a lot of people like what are dreams and aspirations while you're making all these decisions yeah i think the most important thing to having an extensive career is being able to adapt for example you look at the rock he started off as rocky maivia with all the uh you know traditional like tassels and animal print and curly hair he becomes the rock Triple A started out as Terrorizing, right? Oh. You know, and then becomes the game, the Triple A Stone Cold Steve Austin. Remember when he was speaking French? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, coming out. <laughs> yeah, but but he he applied like aspects of that to, you know, pompous Triple H and then he, you know, becomes this badass character that comes out with a sledgehammer and skull. So it's an evolution. I mean, uh Stone Cold Steve Austin, the ringmaster, right? Like oh. so there's an evolution of of characters you know you always have to find a way to adapt and and move forward so with me um it that's really kind of what it's all about right like i started off as jamaican when i first got signed and i was doing the jamaican accent um all the agents at my trial were like well we've never seen that before so you had um ricky the dragon steamboat steve kern um uh tim horner from uh, midnight express um, uh, Simon Dean, you know, Mike Bucci, they were all there and they were all talking about Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson, talking about something they had, they had never seen before. So I'm like, oh my God, like how hard is it to impress these guys? Yeah. You know, so that was what got me in the door. And then over time, you just have to figure out a way to keep on building on what you have, right? So, you know, now I, I, I twerk and throw pancakes. Hey, <laughs> I don't know if that's an evolution or like a de-evolution. I, mean, I don't know. Twerking but pretty we're, large we're part moving. of the Caribbean yeah. community. I think I've been down there. I've seen some gyrations yeah. happen. But you are black. You have dreads. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not Jamaican. You're yeah. actually from Ghana. Yes. And whenever you became champion, the trip back to Ghana, I remember seeing it all over social media. And I think as a wrestling fan, we immediately go like, all right, is this bullshit or not? And I yeah. just asked you, like, I think the first time I actually asked you was right here beforehand. Yeah. Shoot, born in Ghana. Yeah. Go, haven't been back there since like, not, you went back in 96. Yeah. Then you win the championship, you go back, and it was legit everything we saw. Like, hey, our, our hero has returned. That had to be so fucking amazing Bro, for you. I can't even, like, as amazing as it looked on film and all the clips, it was like 20 fold in person. I'm even getting like goosebumps and yeah, you like should. The, the way cool. that I'm feeling about it, right? Um, so my mom has wanted me to go back to Ghana for a real long time. Um, like you said, the last time I had been there was in 1996 when I went for a summer. Um, but then family still there. Family still there. Yeah, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins. You know, we keep uh, great, keeping great touch through through Facebook. It's a beautiful thing, social media. You know. Well, I so, mean, face. It is beautiful for that. But, uh, <laughs> be careful. 
there. There's a bigger conversation. There's a bigger conversation coming. We do not have enough time to Whatever but, the case, it is beautiful. Yeah, Keep up with family through Facebook. Yeah, man. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, when I went back, so so finally, you become like a, a WWE superstar. You don't have time to do anything. You don't have time to go to weddings and, you know, even funerals you miss and just a lot of different life events. Um, but after I won the championship, I was like, man, hey, maybe I can bring the title back to Ghana. Like, maybe we can bring the film crew and do it. And I talked to, like, uh, Stephanie McMahon, and she was all about it. And, you know, it, it just happened. And it was four days there. And from the moment that I got off the plane, I was surrounded. It was almost like when, uh, like, Ali was in South Africa, yeah. right? And you saw, like, everybody in the, like, the town and the village, like, surrounding him. That's the how it was. here? Bro, the entire time, like, walking through the airport, you know? I don't even know if I went through customs or not. They just wanted to get me out there. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, like, all right, here you go. And, and I get out there, and there's a whole bus, and everybody is there. They brought, like, dancers, and people are just celebrating in the streets. And it's just so um, amazing to me. Uh, we went to my, my parents' hometown. So even like driving the, uh, the, the, the van through the, the dirt roads, people are banging on the sides of it. You know, man, I get out. the Beatles. Bruh, it was like, it's Kofi Kingston is back. It's crazy, man. Like that, so, and then security too, we had to have like 10 cops. They all surrounded me in a circle and they're all holding hands and we're just in the middle of it and everyone is just so excited wanting to like, you know, touch my arm or just like just the, 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 the level of happiness on their face was like, it's just crazy. Because is that it, pinnacle? It's, it's. Yeah, that's what you're I, looking yeah, for, that's, right? In this that's business, that's it, man. Like a genuine, like you know, just authentic emotion. Like it, it's, it's just, it's at the end of the day, like to me, it's so crazy because I'm just a dude that it decided to follow his dream. You know, that's it. Anybody could potentially be in this position, and the fact that uh, I am the, oh, I mean, uh, in, in theory, in theory, in I theory, think with, yeah. with work hard ethic, work, like, you know passion. what I mean, like a lot of there's got to be a lot of luck involved. Talent. There's a lot of luck for me, luck, yes. but um, yeah, to to have that kind of an impact on people's lives, and then to go to like the schools we did like a whole little tour i went to a school and there were kids who were you know three four five six years old and i get to show them the most prestigious title the wwe title and on the nameplate is one of the most popular ghanaian names ever on it and i'm like this this is possible so to me like if that inspires you to believe that you can do whatever it is that you want to do that is like it's so exciting for me to, to think about that to, to have an impact on someone's life where you motivate them and push them in the direction of their dreams because sometimes that's all you need is man is, is, is a little push you know someone to believe in you Hope someone to get you to like believe in yourself right so yeah, man, it, it was just incredible on so many levels. Hey, man, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Job well done in that whole thing because you're inspiring people. And we yeah. talked to Randy about this yesterday. You know, WWE, whenever you're the king of the cast, you're going to take a lot of heat. Yeah. For a lot of the, every decision that is made, especially in this business, yeah. the, the fans are so passionate, so loyal, especially yours. I mean, there yeah. is very, very passionate fans of the New Day that every single decision, every single thing that gets decided for you guys to do or every outcome that happens, there is this automatic negative drawback almost about it on Instagram, on, on Twitter, on in the dirt sheets. Do you pay attention to any of that or you have to stay about 14 yeah. years into this? I mean, you have to pay attention to it I, a little I, bit, right? I see it. I see it. But the thing about it is that um, I feel like we have a general, like a, a an intrinsic drive to fit in 
even when you're a kid and you're in like middle school, you want so desperately to fit in to the point where you might compromise your own morals or beliefs just to fit in with this group so you can be accepted. So when it comes to social media, there's so many people that like in an effort to fit into this like toxic group, yes. you want to go in there and make like yeah, comments. You want to yeah. run people down so you can get likes on your comments so that people can. So it, it's it's very toxic in a lot of ways. But for me, like I hold myself to the highest standards. So nothing that anybody says can make me feel like worse than I feel. You know what I mean? Or, or any better because I just hold myself to a high standard. So I don't really allow any of that to really affect me. Uh, I certainly do appreciate the positivity that's out there. And again, like just having an influence on people's lives to to push them in a, in a positive direction. But um, yeah, I mean, I see it. I think a lot of it is, is real comical in a lot of, you know, because like, bro, like you're at the house and you're gonna take time out of your day to pull out your phone. I'm gonna type this in and see if he reads and he's gonna know what I said. Like, who cares, man? Like, do, <laughs> yo, do something else, bro. Like, come on, man. You gotta have something better to do than that. You mentioned Stephanie McMahon. You talking yeah. to her about going back to Ghana, and obviously, uh, her Triple H, Shawn Michaels unveiled a new Undertaker statue yesterday at Access, and it was an emotional moment. But the longer I'm here, the more I realize, like, this is this WWE is a family, like yeah. very much a family. Yeah. How do you feel now? And I talked about. About this with like Biggie and Xavier Woods and then there's going to be a lot of younger guys that are going to uh, continue to come in that look up to you like you're an OG now around here yeah. and that's a real thing like I'm going to ask you for advice on my match probably at some point in the next couple yeah. of days and I assume that happens to you on a very regular basis you enjoy that you love that it feels like that you're the perfect person yeah for sure man I, I think that uh, I've been real lucky to have experienced <clears throat> so much success and so many positive uh, moments in this industry and that's what this is supposed to be man like this is a dream there's nothing else that is like this so whatever i can do to um to help people get to that point and taste how the 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 the, the sweet nectars of the industry and and you know what i mean like feel it the way it's supposed to be felt of course i'm gonna be right there to like to help you or give you advice and it's just an opinion too like i don't get mad if like people don't listen to what i have to say because it's really like what you feel man like do what you feel do what's in your heart this this might be what i would do in that situation it might work it might not i don't know but if i can help anybody to uh you know, to, to, to attain a little bit of success and have a feel-good moment in this industry that I'm, I'm all about it. So it's cool to be in that role where um, it's like I look around and I'm like, man, there's a lot of people here who I don't really, uh, <laughs> I don't really, people will be telling stories of, and this guy was there and that. I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like me, Dolph Ziggler, Miz, uh, I don't know who else, Seamus has been around. Um, Randy, right? You know, the, the longer you hang around this business, the uh, smaller the crowd. Yeah, the, the smaller the smaller your circle of familiarity, I guess, gets. But it's it's part of it. What are some though. mistakes you think you see a lot of the young folks make in this business? What do you think it is? Is it in ring? Is it out of ring? Is it just whole um, process? I, I think a lot of people, and I did this too, but I feel like people take themselves very seriously, and you forget to have fun. To me, that's the biggest mistake, and I'm real lucky that I had uh, Scott Armstrong as a ref for the majority of my uh, uh my he's early had some matches. blown calls though let's not he's get crazy <laughs> he's, he's a quick hey. tapper every once in a while that guy Bullshit. hey you hey, gotta I, do I, you gotta do what you gotta do he's right? lucky you i wasn't know? on commentary <laughs> for that I, I call out the refs every hey look at the damn oh, yeah i enjoy it you know but he, he was a guy where like 
Initially, I would come out and I'd be so nervous and you'd be thinking about like what's supposed to happen in the match. Okay, I need to be here. And you come out and you, you know, slap hands with the people, but you're not actually like there. You're not feeling it. You're not taking that moment. And then you get in the ring and you're waiting for your opponent to come out. And Scott will be like, hey, boy, hey, man, take take the, take this all in, man. Take a moment. Breathe. Look at all these people here, man. They're here for you. And you take a look around. It's like, wow. This is actually really, really cool. Well, so, why is that guy telling me to go fuck like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't he like me? He doesn't even know me. But it's still pretty cool. He's talking to me out there, you know? So I think being a lot present, of people. It feels like. Yeah, being present and especially like early in your career because you don't, there's nothing. The more you, uh, it, it never really gets like like old, I guess. It's always exciting when you get in there and you're out in front of the crowd, but it's never quite like it was when you first come in. You'll never have that, you know, those initial butterflies and that just feeling of wanting to go out there and kill it more than anything. Like this is your opportunity. I think people get nervous in that moment, but I would hope that you would take that nervousness and like, you know, let it make it into something positive you know and and let it let it drive you to have a best ma- a, a good match or have the best match on the card so um yeah i think i think being present was would be a a lot quicker way to no, no, that's a great description. Me, I'm long-winded now. You know no, what I'm you saying? should be. You're a great talker. Yeah, you're a great talker. I mean, I've I've been given the chance to do one promo, and the music got hit in the middle of my thing. So I'm a long-winded person. Yeah, as well. hey, <laughs> yeah, I think came in the middle of that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You said you're chasing that. In I think as a fan of wrestling, we've seen like the older guys come back and like chase that feeling again, chase that feeling again. Yeah. Have you thought about because you're 14 years into this, you can go for another tech decade plus if you ah, if you want it. Have you thought about all that, or are you just trying yeah. to be? the moment it's yeah man i just kind of try to like i said before like i'm still kind of in it but if i was to tell you that i've never thought about like when to end it you know that would be a lie i I don't know i still feel pretty good i think that when you show up to work and this goes for like any job but if you show up to work and you're not having fun and you're miserable and you're complaining and the environment is weighing on you and you're taking that negative emotion home then from a mental health perspective like you should probably get out but for me right now I'm having fun out there. Anytime I'm out there with Woods and E, like it is just, we're on cloud nine, man. We're having so much fun out there. And then just to be able to interact with the people and especially like you look into our audience and you see such a diverse crowd. You see all the kids out there and um, to put a smile on a kid's face is a pretty cool thing. I think that one one of the things that I say this a lot, but one of the things I miss the most is when we got to be bad guys and I came out and I could yell at kids, I could berate kids, I could threaten to ground kids, I could tell you to respect me because I'm an adult, you know, don't make me come out there and do what your parents should have, you know what I'm saying? Like, I miss that so much. But just to be able to like make people react and, and feel a certain way is the best part about our business. Yeah, it's fantastic watching yeah. you work. The commercial breaks you guys are on the yeah, entire time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and that's like one thing I've realized about like the separation of you know, who it seems like, oh, these people, whenever it goes, like when they're out there, this is a show the entire time. Yeah. Even if the lights are off, even if there's something going on somewhere else, like you, Xavier, and Big E, even if you are in the background of a shot, it's like, hey, the new day is going to be an additive to this particular scene because they're only getting however many opportunities. Like the viewing, the way you guys view your opportunities, I think is very, very inspiring. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Now, follow up. Mm-hmm. That Big E shit was crazy. That was Whoa. right in front of me, dude. So I, I almost that was I almost got like I got yeah. like sick almost. So and, the crazy thing about it is that like what was supposed to happen um, 
was I was in there. Um, he was supposed to have that interaction on the outside. I came over to like check on him and then we ended up going into the end of the match. So I was in the ring. I've still not seen the actual video and the impact. And I'm I have not, not rewatched it either. I'm not going to watch it. Me neither. You know I saw it saying? live. Like, I, yeah. it, it's, it's crazy that you had, you, you probably had the closest view out of anybody in the entire arena. Yes. So I could tell like it kind of like I, from where the ring was, like they went up and it looked a little bit wonky and he came down. I was like, ah, okay. Think it might be okay. But now I go over there to like actually shoot check on him. And I'm like, okay, he, Shoot, by the way, means real. Shoot, real. That's yeah, the yeah, inside yeah. insider speak. Yes. Shoot, yes. check on him for real. So I went to go look, and I'm like, okay, he looks like he might be okay. And then we end up going into the rest of the match. And it wasn't until um, like the match was over, and the ref came over and said, I don't know if he's okay. I was like, so then all of a sudden, like, it becomes there's a level of just like tension and nervousness, and you don't know what's going on. And I went out there, and he still had moved from the spot. That that he was in, yeah. you know, uh, and then uh, the paramedics are out there and he's getting put on the stretcher and you just don't know like what is going to be. So um, it was incredibly scary because, uh, like I said, man, I look at E and Woods, we text and talk every single day. These guys are my brothers. And the thought of like losing one of them, like it just makes me sick to even think about that like a piece of me would, would be gone so um but on a positive note hey. um hey it, it's best outcome it's, that could have been bro happened. if you could choose a way to to break your neck this is the way that you would choose <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what i mean so, in like, that city too by the way in, with those doctors in birmingham, in birmingham like yes. this is where we send everybody to get rehabilitated to get surgeries like um there was ivar actually broke his neck a few months back the doctor that operated on him was actually in the crowd, like chasing wow. the ambulance. You know, uh, Dr. Dugas, who works with all of us on our surgeries, he was there and out there on the floor. So he was he was in really, really good hands. And then after the um, uh, the the X-ray, uh, he found out that there was no um, there was no misalignment. There was no spinal cord damage. It was just a fracture Only in, a his broken. C, in his C, C1 and C6. You know, in his in his um, you know uh, vertebrae. So hey, we're happy bro. you're gonna be all right. Yeah. It could have been. It could have been. We could be having a very different conversation right now. He he posted something too about like uh, the doctor and he's looking at his X-ray. The doctor said, if you would have broken your neck this way, you would have been paralyzed. If you would have broke it an inch this way, you would have had a stroke. If you broke it this way, you would have died. So when you when you think about the gravity of that situation and how like if somebody is like one step forward one step back or like you know it, we could be having a very different conversation but again like on a positive note he you see him on his instagram he's out there rocking his new fits and everything with his neck brace on <laughs> and he's just got to wait for it to heal so we just take it one day at a time and hope for the best and uh he's gonna be i mean he's already back on his feet already but he's gonna be uh he's gonna be just fine well, that's great yeah. hey biggie we miss you pal yeah man. bro yeah we yeah. miss you pal that was scary man i got sick wow literally it was right in front wow. of me and i think the narrative by some people, and you talked about the toxic people and people trying to you know, jump in the mob mentality and feel accepted, like, yeah, I'm against this as well. Mm. Everybody that was on my headset, in my ears, everybody that was around me, all the people, everybody, you know, we got live TV though. Mm -hmm. Everybody had no idea, like it felt like everybody was like, oh man, Big E's one of our guys, like this yeah. is, it was a sad scene, yeah. happy Big E's okay. And it's yeah. because, by the way, it's because he's an absolute Bro, tank. All, every shrug, every rep, yeah, up until this point, <laughs> was all into this point. Man, if his neck wasn't so thick, you know? 
It's crazy. Happy all, the, all a, those muscles. Happy he's going to be okay. But that's real. Like it's very yeah. very dangerous out there. What you guys yeah. do on a very regular basis. What I'm going to attempt to do on Sunday. Like there is real life danger happening oh, yeah. every single moment out there. Yeah. And from all of us to you, man, thank you for your years of dedication and sacrifice for your body for our entertainment. On, Connor bro. went to your high school. He has a question for you. Yeah, yeah, Kofi, yeah. I'd ask you, you know, who's yeah. going to win the Super Bowl, but for oh. shoot, we know it's the New England for Patriots. Shoot. Right, shoot. Shoot. You, you, you shoot. Shut up. Oh, yeah. For shoot, for are, shoot Pat. Yeah, we already for know shoot. that. We already know that. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Pat mentioned, like, you know, the guys coming in who might be new looking to you. Was there anyone you kind of looked to, to for, for your career and also yeah. So for like New Day as a whole? Yeah. So for myself, um, all my, everyone always asks like who your favorite wrestler is. And for me, my three guys are Rey Mysterio because he was undersized. I was undersized. I was always told I was never going to make it because I wasn't big enough. And then I'd look on TV and see Rey winning championships and just being awesome. Um, so it's Rey, uh, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, like I mentioned for the reasons earlier, and then Shawn Michaels. Like... Come on, man. Like, Sean is the greatest of all time. He's never had a bad match. Most of his matches were not good, but great. So those are the guys I looked up to. And the crazy part is, is that, like, uh, as time goes by, people transition from in the ring to, like, these producer roles. And um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was one of the, like, head producers. Like, and he would, like, produce my matches. And we'd be, it, there'd be so many times where, like, he'd be giving me suggestions and whatnot. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, whoa. That's the dragon. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear what he said. You know, so I got so it, uh, every day, man. I think about um, just how, like, if I were to have a conversation with eight-year-old me and be like, "Oh, you like these guys? You watch it on TV? You like this wrestling?" One day, you're gonna be talking with Undertaker and trading stories about your kids. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it's just wild to think about that. How crazy life is. Hey, how come everybody's so nice too? I, I was told everybody's <laughs> supposed to be an asshole. So, That's what I was told. This, I was told yeah. everybody in WWE is bad people. Yeah, don't yeah. trust anybody. Yeah, they will burn you. Everybody's mean. I have yeah. not got that sense at all. And oh. now, granted, I do feel, and this is self-awareness. I get treated differently by a lot of people because of how lucky I am to have this particular job, what I've been able to do in the past, and everything like that. But I feel like I have seen nothing but respect from basically everybody to everybody in this Yeah, process. man. I think a, a lot of it is that, like, again, and I've said it like three or four times now, but there's nothing quite like this industry. And I think we're all grateful that we have this opportunity for as long as it lasts. So, um, you think about, so So when I graduated college, I worked for the Staples Corporation. I worked in a cubicle. Um, oh, the worst. Bro, my <laughs> God. I, so I was told it was going to be like an advertising job, but it was like we were proofreading these big buyers guys that went out, and I had to make sure that everything was spelled right or the period didn't that There wasn't a space between the last word and the ah. period, and the chairs all had to face the inside. Ah. And, and the kicker is that like we put so much into it, man. And the kicker is, like I know when I got one of those buyers guides in the mail, Straight in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm working hard. I'm getting yelled at that my, my pages aren't looking right. And I know I'm like, well, it doesn't really matter. Like, this is going in the trash anyway. Like, why are you getting... So, man, I, I think, like, uh, a, a bad day in WWE beats the best day at Staples, you know? And Hell again, yeah. I have no offense to anybody no, at no, Staples. No. Some people love it. Some, some people, people love the for con it. They love the consistency. And, you know, you know what your job is going to be. And I... And, great people but for me like being in that cubicle and like ugh, like the, the the gray walls and my imac sitting right there and i'm just like bro this can't be life this can't be the rest of my life you know so luckily i uh i follow my dream and and here we are but i think all of us have that like you you realize how special it is that, it, that what we what we do is so, it's a business though i mean it's yeah. a fine balance it's an interesting interesting yeah, balance yeah. especially when you've been around for 14 years yeah man, man. yeah it. it's oh I, yeah I, I'm, I'm out here trying to do my 
thing, Pat. Hey, you know, Nick. Yeah, ahead, thanks, man. Uh, yeah. Kofi, it's fascinating to me. Randy Orton sat there yesterday and he talked to us. And you guys have completely different backgrounds, right? Yeah. You, It was kind of your dream to be a superstar. Randy, although a third-generation guy, said it wasn't like his first choice, really. He didn't really yeah. love it like that. Um, you guys, you have this super positive attitude. He was self-described as uh, a dick. Yeah. A, a judgmental <laughs> dick is what he calls him. Uh, so I'm just curious. Like You come from these different backgrounds. You get into the WWE, and then he mentioned how he had a moment where a light bulb went off. Mm-hmm. We figured out, like, okay, I'm going to appreciate this. I'm going to learn how to work, and I'm going to take care of everybody. I was wondering if you had a similar moment where like a light bulb went off where it was like, okay, this is how – this is how it's done. I see how it's done from the mm-hmm. older guys, and I'm going to pass this along. My, my light bulb moment was, again, like, I always wanted to do this, and I always say, like, so when you're a kid, right, like, people tell you you can be whatever it is that you want to be, but then when you get to be an adult, you start getting to, like, college, and everyone's like, okay, well, you got to focus. You got to get through. Yeah, you got to get to your corporate too, job. Yeah, you got to be able to climb that corporate ladder, and when you tell someone you want to do something that's outside of the box, a lot of people don't support you because it's so atypical. It's like, you can't be a wrestler. Well, you're not big enough you know you don't look like these guys your your legs are real so you got real chicken legs bro you you got all sternum you don't have any chest muscles you know what i'm saying you can't be a wrestler you know so for me like um my light bulb moment was when i did actually pull the trigger and decide to start training um like the first day that i walked into the chaotic training center the same actually uh same foundation as where triple h went now you know i'm a name dropper you know what i'm saying uh, Kill, Kowalski? killer kowalski's old school one of the last uh, students in that generation myself tommaso champa ivar you know no, no big deal hey. you know? but when i walked into that that school i just the feeling of this is where i belong i'm gonna do whatever i have to do to make it here, you know? So it was a lot of just sacrifice and a lot of hard work, a lot of long days. I worked those nine hour days at Staples, drive an hour to practice, practice for two or three hours, drive back to my apartment in Boston, you know, re- wash, rinse and repeat, you know? Sore as hell. But I, but, but I knew that it was like, I was working towards what I loved and what I wanted to do, so I didn't care, right? Like. If it was a cold day outside, having to drive to, to Staples, I would be pissed off. You know what I'm saying? But if I was like sore and I couldn't walk and move, I'd be like, yeah, can't wait to go to practice. Bro. I can't wait to go to practice. I can't move, but I love it. So that was kind of my light bulb moment is that um, like I just realized that I really wanted to like achieve my childhood dream. And then there was like a realistic chance that I could do it. You know, so that's awesome. Yeah. Then yeah. he starts throwing pancakes. People. And now oh, we throw yeah. pancakes and we twerk, and here we are. <laughs> impacting the lives of millions. Hey, of tomorrow America. night, yeah. obviously, SmackDown tonight. I don't know uh, what's going on there, but tomorrow night, you and Xavier Woods, welcome back. Yeah! The king has returned. Surprise, surprise, Madasoka. The king is back. You see what I said there? I don't want to get fined. You guys cuss a lot on this show, but if I cuss, I'm going to get fined. No, like, no, no. I like my mean. money. I like my money. You know? <laughs> no, I, no. I got money, but I don't like to waste money. You know what I'm saying? Oh. I don't want to get fined. So, mother soca, just when they try to replay that. Did you cuss on the past back back of show? Uh, no, I said soca. That is not a cuss. Yeah, I just want to emphasize that. Hey, I appreciate yeah. it. I'm going to use it tonight. I'm going to look at these mother suckers. <laughs> mother sucker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tomorrow night, back. though, you and uh, King Woods yeah. take on Seamus and Ridge Holland yeah. with 
Butch. Whoa. Hey, listen. He be lurking, hey, bro. That son of a bitch, Butch. I yeah. know that guy. Now, <laughs> I don't know him as long as uh, Seamus and Ridge Holland have known him. They've yeah. been roaming the streets over yeah. there. They've been yeah, calling yeah. each other different names than everybody else forever. They're, they're long, long yeah. friends, obviously. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I don't even know Butch had that nickname because that's how quickly we kind yeah. of interact with each other. Right. They're a problem, though, Gov. Yeah, they are a problem. Do you, do you feel like shortchanged that like Butch never told you about that nickname when you guys were all hanging out? So you thought you were like close friends, but if you were really close, he would have told you, hey, this is my nickname, by the way. So you were like yes. well, friends, but you weren't like yeah. in the fold. That's as soon bold. as I got to that SmackDown, yeah. and they were like, uh, all right, Ridge, Seamus, and Butch are coming out. I'm like, oh, can't wait to see who the hell yeah. Butch is. Yeah. And then uh, Butch came out. I'm like, hold on, man. That guy I, never told me his nickname was Butch. Guy. You know? Butch is a great name. I paid that guy a lot of money to be yeah. on my team at yeah. NXT. Give <laughs> you his real name. And he, and he would always say to me, Pete, probably. That's what he always would say. And then I guess his childhood name was Butch. But yeah. whatever the case, he's yeah. a problem. The Butch they, is a problem. They, he, Butch is a problem, man. But um, I think all of those guys, man, Seamus, Ridge, and Butch, like they fit together really, really well, man. Yes. Like it's a great little faction. Um, the chemistry is there. Like Seamus, obviously, he's been they've around. They've been friends since kids. For, yeah, you know, the childhood, childhood friends. Of you know course, what I'm saying? Yeah. They've been hanging out, and 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 their chemistry is there. You know, so uh, I think they got something special for sure. Um, they've been giving me problems over the past few weeks, but like you said, man, the king is back, and now me and Woods get to take on Seamus and Ridge, and we got to keep our head on a swivel out there just like the pancakes right keep your head oh, on yeah. a swivel keep your head you gotta alert. watch out for pancakes you gotta watch out for butch you know what i'm saying so there's the two things you gotta watch out for hey but it's butch be is great, a man. son of a bitch no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> son he, of a butch mean yeah. he is he's mean he's a butcher with those joints <laughs> hey he's gonna try to rip those little fingers off your hands yes. good luck trying you know what i'm saying <laughs> my hands used to be a lot longer and someone tried to rip them off before you know what I'm saying? And now they're they're smaller. So I've had my fingers. What can you do to me that hasn't been done already? That's what we're you saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Butch. Uh, it's going to be great, though, man. I'm excited for those guys. And you know what I mean? Like, your first WrestleMania, man, like, you can. there, there will never be another first. So for me to be involved with these guys um, and, and be a part of their, like, first WrestleMania experience is pretty special to me from a performer's aspect. You know, like I said, man, I want everybody who's in this industry to be able to feel what this business is supposed to be, you know, like the great feeling of being in front of a crowd of people that come from all over the world, you know, to, 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 to feel this unique feeling and that energy so um, I can't wait to be uh, be able to do that for those guys we're very thankful you stopped by you're the yeah, absolute man. best have an incredible stupendous stupendous Wrestlemania weekend you're the absolute best bub thank you man ladies thank you and gentlemen on, man. Uh, from Ghana former Jamaican Kofi hey. Kingston hey. Hey. we'll be back in four minutes AJ <laughs> Hawk will join us with more NFL chatter and Wrestlemania chatter I also got a text message at 3am from Vince McMahon I can't wait to show you what that video was Whoa. we're back in about four minutes you're the best cheers Hour two on this feel good Friday, WrestleMania Friday, April 1st, 2022. Let's go now. Yeah. Can't thank you enough for joining us. We're live in AT&T Stadium. Kofi Kingston just joined us for a nice 35, 40 minute chat about life as a wrestler on this WrestleMania weekend. He has been so incredibly nice to me. His only downfall is the fact that he's a Patriots fan. Speaking of Patriots fan, at Boston Connors here, you look fantastic, Bob. Hey, Pat, so do you. That, uh, that tan's really coming in there. It is, yeah. Like- I just saw my face. I... I'm very excited for the shower. It's going to wipe this off. It's what do you only, mean? It's only going to settle in louder and more orange, I feel like, as the day goes on here. But this is something you need whenever you're going to get in that ring and, you know, beat the hell out of a guy in front of like 100,000 plus, by the way. What? When I went out there for the whole set reveal and I looked around, 
I don't think I, you know, remember just how fucking big, you know, like, yeah, every seat in this place actually sold out and everything on the floor. I'm like, man, this is going to be awesome. And my intro is going to be pretty sick, too. Ooh. From what I've been told, it should be a good time. I'm excited to take it all in, especially with this incredible spray tan. Nick Moraldo's here. The boys, Bubba Gumpino and Tone Diggs back in the Indianapolis office. Hey, I know. We got big news coming out of the soccer Lombardi world. The drawings for who was in each group have been officially announced for the soccer Lombardi happening in Qatar in November. The United States is in a group with who? Iran. Bye. And fucking England. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's at Bubba Gumpino, who is from Canada, but has been paying taxes to the Queen his entire life. He's been singing, it's coming, home, it's coming, which is a song that a bunch of drunk Brits sing whenever they're talking about the Lombardi or the Europe's coming back to England, because England obviously is a massively traditionally great soccer place. With that being said, sorry about it. Not gonna make it out of the fucking bracket. Ha. Hey, Gumpy, I know Canada, I found this out on Twitter, couldn't be in our group. I kind of wish it could. What are you gonna do when the United States and Iran run a train on England in that group for the World Cup, pal? Oh, yeah. Hey, top two go through. We can both go through. No worries. Uh, USA has beaten England in the World Cup and tied England in the World Cup. Ooh. England uh, has never beaten the two, U.S. in the World two, Cup. Two, oh, sorry, 2010, the U.S. tied England. Guess what? Top two go through, not two for the U.S., okay? Oh, we're top two, not two. It's uh, Who else is in the group? It's us, England, Iran. And yeah, then, they're uh, waiting on the fourth it, right now. It just got announced whoever uh, wins the European playoff, which I believe is between Ukraine and somebody else or something. Ukraine and the winner of Wales and somebody. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. We, don't, we don't want Ukraine. No, dude, this not. is troubling. Listen, uh, Ukraine, <laughs> hey, hope everything's okay, but I mean... That's going to be a tough game, you know, because we've been... Yeah. I don't want them to win, though, have some experience, some happy. Yeah, you don't really want to root for them to lose. Yeah, sorry, when we but beat I them 10 nothing. I mean, there's nothing we can do. Oh. It's soccer. It's, a, it's, it's not our fault. We're not, you know, we're not on the pitch. If we were, we'd let them win, but Polithic isn't going to just lay down. Speaking of Polithic and <laughs> soccer Lombardi's joining us from an attic in Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Yeah! AJ, so we get to beat the shit out of Iran in soccer and in England for the world to see. Nine noon and three o'clock games in the middle of November while the NFL is going on. This is a glorious day to be from America and a terrible day to be from England. They thought the 4th of July in 1776 was tough. You thought it was bad when all that goddamn tea got tossed into the harbor. Yeah. It ain't nothing for what's going to happen in here in November. Ain't that right, AJ? I guess, but is England looked at as a, a team that is superior to our American squad? We beat them and we tied to them. We were pissed when we tied to them. We beat the shit out of England. That's what we do, okay? That is, is, that, is that old uh, Harry Kane? Is he England? Harry Kane is Harry. Oh, yeah. Harry Kane is English. He's a stud. I've watched that guy play. He's a pretty good goal scorer. He can't keep up with Gio, though. Uh -uh. That's the issue. He can't keep up with the big blonde guy we got in the back, too. That's right. Mick Evan, Mick, uh, Mick. The guy in the back. They call him Big Blonde Guy. Yeah, big big guy in the back. Big Viking so, guy. They is that the guy that 
Is that the uh, Abramovich character that played for the L.A. team? No, that's Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Okay, he does not play for the United States team that's uh, seeking our first soccer Lombardi. They need to give that big blonde the... Give him the band. Captain. They need to give the big blonde the, the, the band. Don't put that pressure on Polithic. Let Polithic just go be an asshole and play all he's got to do. Because yep. we're going into Qatar for one thing and one thing alone. First of all, to knock Iran uh -uh, in England... Uh -uh. And then we're about to run right through everybody to our first soccer Lombardi. And I don't think there's ever been an easier road now that I think about it. What a great group. I mean, it is a group of death because it's a group that we're in. But this is a great draw for us, right, Gumpy? I mean, England stinks. Iran stinks. And whoever wins that game is going to stink too, right? I would worry about if Wales gets in in the last spot. If they beat Scotland and Ukraine, Wales is a good team and will put up a fight in that group. But Iran, yes. So, Realistically, it should be England and the U.S. going through, my friend. Is, the, is, is Gareth Bale Welsh? Gareth Bale is still playing for Wales. Well, listen, Wales is a, a country the size of AT&T Stadium. Bingo. If we can't beat them, I got big-time problems. You hear me? I got big-time problems. So it's either Ukraine, Scotland, or Wales? Yes, yes, sir. Listen, Ukraine, you're going through a lot. All right. How the hell are they even continuing to practice right now? Like, what are they up to? Well, I don't think they're in Ukraine right now. Either. Very impressive. Where are they? Though. They got out? Hopefully. Yeah, I think they I assume. Yeah. I think they ran out. It was some sort of cardio. You know, soccer players run. Yeah. Well, they can run for days. Hope they stay safe and uh, hope you lose by 20 to us. Yeah. Tease and peace. And I ain't ever worried about the Welch in my life. Really? Not one time have I ever concerned myself with the Welsh people. I'm not even 100% sure I know where Wales is. Is that, part of, is that near Ireland there? Where is Wales? I think it's part of the island English panhandle. <laughs> Tony mentioned Gareth Bale, but he's 50 years old. A million years old. Guys. So is Harry Kane, though, no. and Harry Kane's still a problem. Yeah, but he brushes his teeth with rocks like all British people. Yeah, so. but is Lane and Donovan <laughs> coming back for this team or not? Ooh. We need a little bit of a leader. Uh, congrats to the United States at least qualifying and getting this Sweet 16. Oh, yeah. We should, by the way. We're ranked in the top, in our eyes, too, but top 15 in the entire world. So we should make it out of our group. Let's hope for that case. A.J. Hawk joining us here from an attic in Ohio. Obviously, Super Bowl champion, all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. Bobby Can I stop? Can I ask a question real quick? No. I know you're going to try to brush past it, but there was a big announcement. Well, yesterday you said you were possibly going to meet uh, a great group of individuals. I assume... The, I watched the YouTube video of you kind of prevail, like, hey, here we go. Here's the new set to WrestleMania. But honestly, I understand that this dude makes it on his first throw. There's no way your first punt went in that hole. Okay. Like, come on, that's some movie magic. What did it do? What, what did the video say? The video, he, he drained his first shot, obviously. I know they do. And then you punted one all haphazardly, and it somehow magically went in. I was in the Casey boots. Uh, yeah. But whatever you say, dude. I mean, I got video. You, you can just talk whatever you want to talk, but... Yeah, Lucchese boots, fucking big belt buckle, whatever the case. That was sweet, though. Honestly, that was a good job of, like, you, you were born for that, to bring all the juice that you do, and then your reaction shots. Michael Cole is great. Yeah, I, I like the little the vibe you guys have going there. It was pretty sweet to meet the dude, perfect guys. Dude, that was the perfect How many are though? there? Well, I don't know. I, I, I dropped it by not screaming, dude, in the sky, and then when that thing hits, <laughs> So he, so you were there for what, like four minutes? He drains the first one. I'm sure he didn't expect that. Uh, the video was two minutes and like 30 seconds long or something like that. So it was kind of all clipped through yeah. there, everything like that. I mean, it was 
quick in and out obviously the drone fly too i mean wwe production is obviously insanely quick and efficient and uh there's kobe to my left electrifying i got to hang out with him a little bit before the shoot not during the shoot obviously we got to hang out for like an hour two hours together before the shoot even started he is a great guy tyler shoot was it fun like for shoot yeah yeah, I'm always, I have a blast wherever I'm at. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a good time. But yeah, this was the end of it. You know, they inspired me. I said, hey, Kobe, give me the damn ball. I, I accidentally dropped a GD in conversation with them. I know they're super religious, so oh, I felt bad about yeah. it immediately. I apologize. That belt buckle got in the way a little bit of the leg swing. I had Lucchese Caymans on. Tyler, who's made like 14 billion views worth of trick shots, is watching. And then, I oh. mean, Bang. AJ, you tell me, pal. Look at, you, huh? You know, they got, what? AJ? You're right. You cannot fake that reaction. That ball went in. Mm-hmm. That's genuine. Thank you. <laughs> Big Beard is pretty yoked. Uh, Tyler? Yeah. Yeah, Tyler, he can spin that pigskin. He was a high school quarterback down here in Texas. You know, oh. So he can spin. So are they on tour right now? Uh, they, they were on tour. I'm not 100% sure if they uh, still are. Over 14 billion views, those dudes. Damn. Okay. We just cracked a billion. We're pumped. They've been doing it for 13 years. They've been doing that. So... Nothing short of impressive. It was very nice to meet him. And the new uh, WrestleMania stage is very nice. My hair, I don't know what I'm doing with the hair. Put that video back up. Uh, one second. All right. I thought your hair was part. It's, it adds to the whole thing. Your, your excitement, your hair goes crazy and gets taller and taller. I know, but towards the end there, if we can get to whenever there's a zoom in on me, going banana lands. Boom. Pretty good swing, by the way. Yeah. Cowboy boots, no Great grip. Ball. We're on carpet. I mean, Dang. You tell me. That's a tight little circle, too. Inside the one. Right here. This... I mean, my hair, I, this is, I got to do something about the hair. I think it's sweet. Yeah, but it looks like a tarp up there, doesn't it? I mean, it look, old like, buddy, look how juiced they are behind you. Yeah, but it looks like a rug I put on my head, and then obviously fireworks went off. Yeah. So, I don't know how I feel about the hair. I might have to get that changed before the weekend, but I want to let you know it's been fantastic, and meeting Dude Perfect Guys was awesome, and that is who I was referring to when I said, I'm about to meet a legendary group. They got 14 billion views. You tell me that's not legendary, AJ? Is that what you're saying? No, it is. It's 100%. It wasn't. Like, when, when you told me you were going to meet some people that night, that was not, like, I wasn't going to guess them, I guess. That kind of took me by surprise. Well, guess who? Dude, perfect. Okay, the guys who run the goddamn internet. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry. Run the damn internet. Okay, let's get back to some NFL talk now, shall we? Bobby Wagner, five years, $50 million, worth up to $65 million. It was reported immediately upon us ending the show yesterday. Okay, it would have been nice if they do it like 20 minutes earlier. We're still live. We could have got our immediate reactions. Now we got to sit on it a little bit. The Los Angeles Rams at all three levels on that defense got monsters. Obviously got Aaron Donald and Floyd down on the D-line. You bring in Bobby Wagner, who's championship pedigree. And then in the back, you got Jalen Ramsey and the boys. The Rams still have this ability to pay everybody they possibly want. They still have this incredible ability to keep a team around. They lose Vaughn Miller. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to rehab. Leslie still doesn't have any picks and doesn't give a damn i love what the rams are doing if you're bobby wagner you got to be incredibly pumped because we think that's where he's from and they're a super bowl team this is win 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 and he got paid good for bobby wagner aj yeah doesn't this feel like okay yeah if bobby wagner's not in seattle this feels like the proper home for bobby now he's not like a flashy crazy guy that's out there all the time he's obviously the, he's the leader of that team wherever he is like guys he commands respect and he doesn't even have to speak a ton from what i hear but uh I'm glad he got 
really, really good money, and I'm glad that he has a chance to, to win another ring because the dude's an absolute monster. I love him. Russell Wilson said, hey, goat, hey, legend, hey, dude. <laughs> Clear ass full hearts, you can do great in L.A. Make sure you keep the main thing the main thing. That's God. A lot of devil walking around Los Angeles, especially on those streets where everybody's pooping. And then he said always, uh, as they always say, don't get bored with consistency. That's a powerful quote, I think. Honestly, I think that is a very powerful quote. And I think that's what separates the great from the good. Those who are able to do the monotonous, like, boring things over and over and over and over again. And at the time, it might not pay off. But five years, ten years, a moment will pop up where all that work that nobody has seen pays off. And it's consistent. It's boring. It's the little things. And the attention to detail is what makes the greats great. And I love that Russell Wilson talked to Bobby Wagner as if he's a similar person to Russell Wilson. Because although we haven't heard Bobby Wagner mic'd up anywhere near as much as we heard Russell, it sounds like he's a similar like human being. What a leader going into LA and what a fucking stud, dude. Yeah, he is. And consistency, like I'm sure you've had it, Pat, where people will ask you, maybe it's a kicker or a punter, hey, what's what's like one or two things like secrets you could tell me or one or two tricks you could tell me? I've always like there are no tricks that when it comes to drops and stuff, like there's specific things. But when they talk about like on like the grand scheme of things, I'm like, I don't know, man. There's no secret. There's no special pill. There's no special thing I can tell you other than whatever you're strong, like whatever you feel like you're good at, you need to make sure you maximize that and try to figure out whatever weaknesses you are. But just be consistent. Just be there. Let's just show up and do what you say you're going to do. If you do that, you're probably going to have some success. Yeah, and there's no magic bullet, obviously. I think it's what you were searching for there through all your different descriptions of. No, yeah. I never said magic bullet. I don't like to bring conspiracies into it. I'm not into that. Jesus. No, I'm not talking about bending it like Angelina Jolie. I'm talking no, about I'm the JFK magic bullet theory. That's the whole thing. I thought the magic bullet theory was like something just happens. Like, I, But I might be wrong. I could be wrong. I could be. Yeah, it was a JFK because of the angle of the supposed shooter. Well, what's the angle? Literally, were they on the grass, you know, or not? I mean, that is really what people have to talk. But yeah, like uh, punters will ask me, hey, when did you, you know, take your next step or whatever? I was like, oh, when I decided just to do this onto my bed at night, like 2,000 times a night, just like dropping the ball flat and just how boring is, yeah, just do this for like an hour every single night. And then when you wake up, do some more of those and then get on the jugs machine, just catch like a hundred balls a day to make your hands better. And then I think it'll inevitably happen. Oh, so there's nothing I can work on in the weight room or with the way that I'm like, you can obviously get stronger. That's great news. But all these little tiny things that are just so boring. And I, I assume golfers talk about it with putting, right? Like, hey, you talk to the great golfers. Like, how'd you get there? Well, I worked on my short game first. Ain't nobody want to fucking go to the putting green whenever there's an opportunity to go to the driving range. You know, there's like, those are the, don't be bored with consistency. It's like those little things that aren't necessarily the, the highlights or the dreams or the things that are the most fun to do. Those little things are what's going to pay off in the end. And although you're talking about just showing up and doing this, you're on that damn thing every single morning, this thing. And is that similar to playing linebacker? Maybe, but at some point it's going to end up working for you. And it's like, yeah, just do it every single day. For how long? Forever. What, what do we even just do that every single day for the rest of your life? It's like not everybody has that commitment. And that's the difference, I think, honestly. Well, I think isn't everybody's goal to find something that they care about enough to have that commitment? That's what we're all trying to searching for, probably. Yeah, and I don't want to get too... You know, like we're, we're really going hard on a Russell Wilson tweet that we don't even know if <laughs> Team 3 tweeted it or if Russell tweeted it. Good point. But that, that little line right there is such a good statement about what makes people separate themselves, you know? Who can do the monotonous work 
at a more rapid level whenever nobody else is watching and then whenever it's time to show up and do your job you do it all right let's move on aj hawk congress has dove in, dove dove not billy spikes dove. No, no 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 congress has dove deeper into the Washington football operation. Now there is reports via front office sports that the Washington football team, after all the exposés from the Washington Post about being in a, an incredibly toxic culture, being run very poorly, it's a billion dollar business, kind of an embarrassment to the shield, even though all the players are told, protect the shield, protect the shield, protect the shield. Feels like through everything we learned, and I would assume in every office there is wrongdoings by people, either on purpose or not on purpose. But from what we learned about the consistency of terribleness, coming out of that Washington building, you thought it couldn't get any worse. But somehow, someway, Dan Snyder was able to slither his way through the entire thing. You know, he was able to survive. His wife became the new focal point. She was showing up at the one per club meetings. She was the one doing the interviews. Hey, Dan, everybody hates you. Let's, you know, let's get you out of here and maybe we can survive another role. And a lot of people on the internet said, well, Snyder's Roger Goodell's guy. And we live in the United States of Goodell, so that's all that matters. Now that Congress has an actual thing they can get pissed off about like we're learning that they were running two completely different books accounting wise to paint different pictures on the team's finances probably tax issues in this thing probably overall valuation stuff in this the amount of lies maybe for advertising the amount of the amount of fraudulent situations that can pop up whenever you bring in finances and the government hopping in i think this could be the one that ends up pushing Dan Snyder's ass out of ownership because the government don't play if they feel like they got the raw end of the deal money-wise, AJ. We all understand that literally since we're children. Yeah, if you're if you're withholding tax dollars that the government expects you to pay, yeah, good luck getting out of that. So if that's, you add this to all of the other things that have been going on with this team and this ownership, how, yeah, how in the hell does he keep, keep control of the team, keep ownership? But if he is boys with Goodell, why? What's their connection? I may have had a couple of steaks and, and pops one night. Yeah, some M&M's oh. watching NFL football. He might have helped Roger get the gig. Yeah, he might have been one of his big advocates, yeah. right? He might have been one of his big sponsors. Like, oh, I like this guy that's been running mail for 20 years here at the NFL, and this guy will basically do anything. I asked him to do uh, a little toilet cleanse, and he just jumped in there and did it. Like, this is our guy. Let's pay him $40 million a year. Maybe that happened. I'd assume more than just Dan Snyder did that. And Goodell has to look out for everything, not just how Dan Snyder's doing. But there are so many memes on the internet about, like, Oh, this is going to kill Dan Snyder because he, there's no way he can come back from this. And then like two months later, uh, Dan Snyder's okay. He's still got the team. Let's move along here. It's just been now on repeat almost. But money in the government. This is a big deal, right? Yeah. Like, is there any other? What's another example of some other gigantic corporation keeping two books? Bernie Madoff was running two books. Yeah, and the whole Ponzi situation, all of it involved. Yeah, like. Is it how deep does it go and how many people are involved? Because it's not just Dan Schneider doing it. There's well, obviously a lot of people involved. You can't have that many people involved. And I asked mm -hmm. our bookkeeper, CFO Phil, and CFO Phil's first response alongside Diggs, who is a former accountant and his mom's accountant. Yeah, is yeah. like the amount of work that that is to keep two separate different books because every transaction now has to be at least documented in each book and it has to be documented in different fashions to paint a different picture. Oh, we are making money. Oh, we aren't making money. Oh, th like everything is, you know, has to be balanced. I assume it's only one or two people. I think Madoff only had one person up in that one office cooking the entire thing. I assume that person didn't sleep for like 20 years doing these books. And when they got busted, probably very fucking thankful. But this whole thing is is very, very interesting. On top is of that, the, uh, the NFL and the government have 
a pretty good relationship. And the NFL, I feel like, always kind of treads a little bit lightly when it comes to government because of the antitrust exemption that allows them to negotiate as yeah. a single entity for those TV deals where they get that massive amount of money from. So if you're messing with that money, you're in trouble. Not only that, right? I think they have some tax exemption, too, because they're a necessary entertainment they were deemed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's the antitrust thing you're speaking of, but I do believe the NFL and the government have a long, long relationship of, hey, we need the NFL, the government says, which as somebody who lives in a very sports stooge world with my blinders on, hey, we need the fucking NFL. Big time. I understand that. But there's some stuff that's popping off that I'm not sure that even the United States of Goodell can dance around with the government if they're really pissed off. Yeah, this feels I, like the last straw. Everything before was, you know, one thing and they did their research and everything. But, like, if when the government gets involved, and as much as, you know, Goodell and Snyder might be buddies, Goodell doesn't want the NFL to get smeared ever. And if it's this serious and they're going to dive even deeper into it, like, there's only, there's only so many people people you're that close with where you're willing to risk you know 30 other owners uh, i guess 29 and mark davis because the irs is in- investigating him as well privately though i think or is that professionally i don't know i don't know what were you gonna say no, though yeah. aj I, I didn't have I, any digs was starting to talk oh, sorry i thought it was you i had a question you know i mean if this guy's been doing all this bad stuff i think there's a way that if the nfl does make him sell the team that his punishment is not six billion dollars for his team being sold i feel like it should be split equally amongst the other teams that's very nice you i was thinking that equally amongst the nfl media yeah that Ooh, too make more sense <laughs> you know like yeah. people that talk about the nfl every day hey, hey go build up the commanders you know this is a great new hire they have here is a billion dollars maybe take just, command yeah maybe we're gonna take command maybe give it to carson wentz well, he doesn't need. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. He, he's got enough money, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I, I tried to look into the, the process of buying a team, AJ. Yeah, seems easy. Yeah, I'm not talking about for me. I'm talking about for other people, though. So, okay. you know, everybody's putting money together. They're doing this entire thing. The Broncos are currently up. Who knows what's going on with the Chargers? That was kind of quiet. That yeah. happened like one week, and then they, that kind of disappeared. If the Washington team goes up for sale, we're not saying it is. Might have to get money to pay back due taxes or whatever the fuck they're doing fraudulent if it's advertising who knows that's a pretty broad statement there about running two different books who knows exactly what the books were cooking was it to up the value so that they could fraudulent uh so they could lie to like uh advertisers and things like that maybe was it for tax purposes maybe i guess we'll kind of find that all out whatever the case that is tough i think it's a blind auction like, I, you have to get okayed if you're a group of money people or a singular money person, and you have to get okayed. But then whenever you get okayed, I think you put in your bid in like, hey, this is what I would like to do. So all these franchises, with how much success they're having ratings-wise, in media rights deals, with all these big tech money that is out there, and they know Apple's going to get involved, they know Google's going to get involved, Amazon's already involved, there's a chance that some of these franchises and programs, if we look on the internet how much they're valued, oh, this is a $3 billion team, there's a chance that thing goes for like, seven to ten billion dollars just because it's a blind bid and somebody's like nah we want this team or whatever the nfl knows that right so whenever they're thinking about dan snyder potentially getting moved on or whatever and i i like to um was it war dogs yeah you know where they put in a a bid 300 or 400 million dollars lower than the next person they're like god damn it i wish we would have known that i wonder how much of that happens whenever you're bidding on these nfl teams as well i mean when it comes to you're talking about bidding multiple billions i would assume there's there's a, a wide range but you can kind of, i don't know that the fact that it's it's blind you want to if you are going to put a bid in you obviously want to be taken serious you want them you want to be the front runner possibly but yeah to 
Uh, let's just throw out. Let's just start with 4.2 bill today, guys. Okay, we'll see what they come back with. Well, they, I don't think they come. I'm not. Do they counter? Can you counter? Yeah, I would shot. assume like whatever team. That, I don't know. Yeah, there's no negotiating like back and forth. I wonder what's that called uh, on eBay and uh, on Meekum? Reserve. The reserve has not been met, so maybe there'll be like four four groups of people or four people that get okayed by everybody to make a bid, right? Because you have to get okayed, I think, before you even make the bid. So you have to get in there. Then once you get okayed, you make your bid, and then Snyder comes back and says uh, the reserve has not been met. So then everybody has to go back to the drawing board, and then that's when you go. I wonder how the whole negotiation thing goes because I do believe it is an auction, and I do believe you're just placing bids, and you do not know what other people are are, are placing it. Well, and just on the trajectory alone, like you probably what have to double the value that it is right now. Yeah, for lost income, lost earnings in the future lost future earnings i assume the the washington football team if they were to sell would want money for and everything like that yeah and just like with apple and all these other massive corporations that are clearly trying to get in on stuff like you know sunday ticket amazon just got in like there are so many the growth of the nfl on on its own is going to be you know 10x in 10 years when that next media deal is up it'll probably be 300 billion all right aj hawk dk metcalf said i eat one meal a day I drink one coffee, and I eat three to four bags of candy. And he has a 10-pack. He is the closest thing to Calvin Johnson that we have, although I don't want him to hear that. He is DK Metcalf. Uh, Calvin Johnson's Calvin Johnson. But he was quoted as saying, yeah, man, my diet is not what everybody thinks it is. I would assume the one meal a day would definitely keep you shredded because you're not eating as much. But everything they say about, you know, candy and sugars, what it's supposed to do to your body, it just doesn't do to DK Metcalf. And I hate to break it to everybody. You know, they say, like, we're all created equally. Yeah. That's not true. <clears throat> that is not true. That is not true. Maybe we're all created to be equals and be judged that way. But I have shared a locker room and a, in a weight room, mm-hmm. in a shower, in life with humans <laughs> that eat McDonald's three meals a day. Not everybody. Not everybody. But Ocho Cinco, I mean, he's in the middle of this battle for science. Eat McDonald's three meals a day, able to go drink at night, have pizza afterwards, and then you see them 5.36 a.m. somehow going through a workout, taking their shirt off. Maybe they lose one of their eight abs, maybe, but after the workout, it is back. DK Metcalf is a freak. I'd assume there's a lot of working out that has to happen to continue to keep the muscles in there and the regimen in there, but I don't want anybody else thinking that just because that's what DK Metcalf does, that's the blueprint to become DK Metcalf. You have to look in the mirror and say, DK Metcalf ain't fucking me. You know what I mean, AJ? (laughs) What do we talk about all the time? Like, genetics are so different for everybody. There's genetic freaks. Obviously, DK works very, very hard, but... You see a guy like him and everyone assumes, oh, he has probably like a bodybuilder's diet year-round, 365 days a year. You know, we, we played with a lot of guys, especially when you're younger, oh. that you can just do whatever the hell you want. And you got a 12-pack and you're jacked and you're shredded. And that's just how it goes. Now, for some people, eventually it sh- slows down as they get older in life. But, yeah, there's there's a lot of people like that. Not all of them. And everybody is working. Most The majority of the NFL guys work very, very, very hard. Diligent. But there's definitely there's – definitely, I don't know what the percentage would be, but there's definitely like they're genetic freaks, athletic freaks. Yeah. So a lot of times I watch guys eat egg McMuffins four times a day and four Twix bars and then Delicious. drink a Mountain Dew and go to bed and they got a 15 pack when they wake up. And they'll, they'll run a four three the next morning. It's like, what? The there's f- just there's people like that. You got to understand. Hey, like, what do I say, Pat? Life's not fair. And once you realize that, you know, you do say that you're the one you should put that on a shirt. Yeah. The, the wow. whole 
The whole thing about watching these dudes do this and then go do what they do, it, I think that's why team sports help people mature quicker. Because once you realize, like, oh, there's going to be failures in life that are just completely out of your control. What you have learned about what you're supposed to do to your body, how you're supposed to act, and what will happen if you do that, you're going to run into somebody in team sports where they completely debunk that theory. And it's like, oh, those books have been lying to me. These doctors have been lying to me. Hey, nutritionist, you're telling me I got to eat all this terrible shit. I'll become more explosive. My man over here just hang clean 400 pounds. I literally saw him drink a case of Bud Light last night. What? I mean, can we have a conversation? Well, alcohol actually slows down your digestive system and everything like that. Well, how come this guy had an entire bottle of whiskey last night and he's still got a six pack right there? Can you riddle me this? Why everybody's different? Well, then stop painting me in the same picture as you paint everybody else. And as you get older, I assume DK will change. As he gets older into the game, 10 years, 11 years into his career. He is obviously incredible. He'll want to maintain that. But you think about like T.O. Like T.O. is, unless he's eating just bland ass chicken, chicken. The, the, the A.J. Hawk diet and the people that really take care of their body and the bodybuilder type thing, that is bland ass chicken. That is terrible rice every single meal on repeat every day. I'd assume that's not what T.O.'s doing. No. That is definitely not what Ocho's doing. That's certainly not what D.K. Metcalf is doing. And I think it's another reminder that, hey, be who you can afford to be. If you start eating some candy and become a fat ass, probably not the right thing. But if you can eat four bags of candy every single day and look like D.K. Metcalf, live your best life out there. Live your best life. Zito, were you going to say something? I saw you raise your hand. That was fascinating. No, I was just wondering, was the one meal the four bags of candy or is it an actual meal? I was a little confused by that. Well, the one meal, I believe, was in a comma. And then the four bags was like the uh, his his snacks. It'd be very impressive, four yeah. bags candy. So he every day, out. <laughs> every day. He laid his schedule. I was like, uh, to your point about him working out, he works out like twice between eight and twelve. Noon, he drinks his coffee, relaxes. That's one workout then, right? I I've always assumed that you have to leave weight room, do something, come back for that to be a second workout. He just has one incredibly long workout, or do you think he does things in between his two workouts in between 8 and noon? I don't know. I mean, I would think he maybe to take a quick break, get a snack and a coffee. And no. then you're back in there? The coffee actually is at noon, and then the four bags of candy is at 4.30, mm. and then the dinner is at 8.30. And that's the one meal. And that's the one meal, dinner. That's how he laid it out. Good uh, sugar rush at four, four thirty, five o'clock there. Well, that gets you past the coffee crash. Yeah. Had. Can I adopt this? Yes, he do it. <laughs> well, I mean, well. you know, I literally just went on an entire speech about how some people can do this and some people can't. But I mean, why not give it a go? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? Press screen on the other side. I never know until you try it. Uh, the first out. time you talked to Bobby Lashley, he told us something similar. And Bobby Lashley is a mountain of a man, absolute Jeez. freak, totally shredded. What did he say? He he said he only works out maybe 30 to 45 minutes a day just to kind of maintain. Yeah, I don't really do any heavy weight either. I do lightweight now or whatever. I'm like, how come you don't post like you just, you know, benching like 600 pounds? He was like, oh, I don't really do that anymore. I do, I do probably weight that you do. And I was like. All right, easy. <laughs> he does those push-up things, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he gave me a push-up Timer. challenge that I uh, – I've yet to start. I'm gonna see him this weekend. No, oh, I thought you did it. I thought you did it last night. Oh yeah, yeah. I started it. I loved it. Yeah, you got to like 22. Yeah, minutes. you got back. You guys did the dude perfect. You guys both hit it one shot, and then you came back, and that's what took up most of the time. Was you were in your room doing the yeah. Push-ups. I was up to about 4 a.m. this morning Eastern time. AJ, a long night last night. Russell, what was the, what's the video you say you got? Of what? 
Vince. I don't know. You oh, said you got a, a message. Yeah, 3 a.m. I got a text message from Vince McMahon with a video in it. Okay? The, interesting. Very, very interesting that this happened. I'm assuming this was not filmed immediately before he sent it to me. Foxy put captions on it so everybody could see this. Imagine looking at your phone, and I was up at this time, you know, WrestleMania weekend, you know, long nights or whatever, and I see, uh, you know, on my phone, old Vinnie Mac. Ooh. I'm like, all right, what is this about? He must be thanking me for coming and humbling Austin Theory and everything like that. I open it up. It's just a goddamn video. Watch and listen to this video coming from Vince McMahon, a 76-year-old man, a 76-year-old man sent this to me at 3 a.m., via text message. Go ahead and run this thing, Fox. So, Pat, Austin Theory, your opponent is up on Just enough to check. Look what he did here. He put a thousand pounds right here in the pit shark. And he knocked out ten reps. Mike and I, another day in the office, I didn't show you how Thousand pounds. <laughs> This guy, <laughs> 3 a.m. I get that message. When did he film that? Are those fake weights? And why is a 76-year-old man still able to fucking squat a thousand pounds? Yeah. And why is he telling me Austin Theory is going to kick my ass? I thought the entire purpose of this was I was going to kick Austin's ass to humble him so that Vince can, you know, take him to higher heights. That was an absurd. That was an insane message to get that I never thought I would receive in my entire life. And by the way, Vince. No, he's not. Okay? Yeah. Fuck you. He's not, actually. Fine. Thank you so much, AJ. Well, I mean, I think it's awesome. I love that he – and those were real weights. I could hear them clanging. I mean, he's just showing you probably – I'm surprised that he cut off the end of the video where he said, I'm going to take one of these 45s off the end. I'm going to bash it over your head at WrestleMania if you try to beat this kid. He, he did not do that. That was the end of the I video. I assume that was the end you didn't show. By the way, I did not respond. I didn't even know how to respond to that. Like, I, I double tapped on the video, like, for, like, one of the reactions. And I honestly didn't know which one to send. Like, because it was, it was impressive mm -hmm. that he squatted 1,000 pounds. So I didn't want to do the thumbs down, you know, because, like, nah, not impressive. I didn't want send to one of you. Send one of you doing 1,010. All right, let me find it. Uh, I don't know if there's a rack around here, unfortunately. Well, that was like he was back in uh, Connecticut, right? Yeah, I think so. I saw the WWE stuff there. So was that yesterday? Was that two days ago? How long ago was that? Because if that guy's squatting 1,000 pounds 10 times, his legs are going to be a little – he's going to have cement and skates. Yeah, uh, going to be really tough to move. You know what that was? That was probably a response. He saw the video of you kick the ball one attempt in the hole. He's like, I got I to uh, match at least. You think that's impressive? That Wait till you see what I got. How about him literally at the end? Austin Theory's going to kick your ass. I'm like, what's that all about? Yeah. What was that all? I thought awesome. we were. Maybe that was after the long pause. He had the long pause where he stared at the camera. I liked it. He, yeah. For effect. How about, him, senile. how about him saying, Mike and I, this is another day at the office. Whoa, what did you say? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, he must be losing yeah, it if you he thinks Austin Theory's going to beat him. Too. That yeah, was... he, I mean, if he's saying stuff like that, sorry. You know, Mr. McMahon, you're looking like a clown when you say stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, it's not my fault. Let's get to a break. We'll be back on the other side. All right. What if Sam Roberts was right? What if I am getting bamboozled? Sam Roberts is a mark. He's never been right in his goddamn Big life. Big time mark. <laughs> Vince did 1,000 pounds on the pitch chart, though, and was still able to gather himself and say, 
you're gonna get your ass kicked. Hey Vince, fuck you. How about that? Mm -hmm. How about that? I'm not. All right. <laughs> and you're lucky I didn't. Never mind. All right. <laughs> what? So, so what you are got, you gonna do? Huh? What was gonna happen? Well, the pitch shark is kind of a fugue squad. Yeah. Low, low ranking. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a, you know, I mean, as somebody that's got the quad father here, yeah. you know what you're I mean? You're saying put that bar on your back, right? I'm saying you don't just have to put it on your back. Let's see you move some. You know, I know you're 76 and you can only do what you got to do, but get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah. All right. We're back in a few minutes. Hour three will be on the other side. We have Ian Rappaport joining us, breaking down everything going on behind the scenes in the NFL. 3 a.m. Imagine looking at your phone. First of all, your phone vibrates 3 a.m. It's like, well, what is this? Yeah. You know, yeah. somebody in jail? Is somebody dead? That's the first thoughts. And no, this is a 76-year-old billionaire. Okay, what's going on here? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was that? Shut the phone, put it back in there. Well, we're going to run that on the show tomorrow, for sure. All right, we're back in a few minutes. Can't take you all enough. Bye. <laughs> those prices up regional price for mm. wrestlemania weekend on spray tan up 150 percent uh <laughs> they got me for sure let's go around some more nfl news before uh ian rapport joins us shout out to kofi by the way who yeah. was right here chilling having a good time unreal we appreciate the hell out of kofi uh per matt miller's conversation with a high level nfl scout okay matt miller is at nfl draft scout i believe is his no that's, is that him yep matt miller at nfl draft scout had another conversation with another nfl scout a high level one mm -hmm. what does that mean what, what does that mean aj isn't every nfl scout a high level scout i mean yeah what there's i don't is there even different levels of scout i mean there's like a director of pro scouting director of college scouting and there's there's scouts. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, there's like regional scouts, there's college scouts, there's NFL scouts. But if you were in NFL or other team scouts and everything like that, if you were in the NFL and a scout at all, you'd be considered a high-level scout, right? Because you're not like a college scout. What about like a first-year scout? Would you consider them a high-level scout? No, they're just bush league bitch-ass <laughs> scout. Like a veteran <laughs> scout. Yeah, so this is a high-level means veteran. Old man scout. Been around. Well, Matt Miller said that he had a conversation with a high-level scout. Okay, this guy... Yeah. He's saying his first rodeo in scouting in the NFL. And uh, he said the Ohio State wide receivers are going to go a lot earlier than people think. Both of them. Olivier and Wilson. Conversation with a high-level NFL scout via at NFL Draft Scout. Those Ohio State wide receivers are going to go a lot earlier than people think. Both of them. So quarterbacks go early. That's why we knew before the draft process and before the free agency period, the conversation was these quarterbacks stink. Ain't nobody going to want these quarterbacks. Normally teams do whatever they can to get a quarterback. This year it ain't going to be like that and we said well, well let's see what teams get quarterbacks in free agency and which teams don't the teams that wanted a quarterback now all of a sudden Kenny Pickett Malik Willis Matt Corral these guys are all of a sudden hey somebody might trade up and get them up there it's about five overall picks six overall pick all of a sudden that was not the conversation before the free agency period ended up fruitless for some quarterback needy teams now with the wide receivers defensive ends go quarterbacks go wide receivers is the like right now in the nfl the way offenses are played the way the rules are set up if you can get an electrifying guy out at wide out it's a game changer and these young wide receivers over the last few years have come out of college ready for the nfl will that continue we don't know were these last couple draft classes just anomalies maybe hindsight will tell us that 10 years 15 years down the road but that's good news for the ohio state buckeyes huh? look at you guys getting some uh some shine here from high level nfl scouts aj yeah i'm glad to see that report from a high level nfl scout i think there's probably some truth to this like 
So Brian Hartline, remember, receiver in the NFL for, I don't know, nine, ten years, played at Ohio State. He's the receiver's coach at Ohio State. He's considered one of the best assistants in the NFL. He's a great recruiter. He, he has college. these dudes coming out of college polished. I mean, look at Terry McLaurin. What he's doing in Washington definitely helps guys like this because they're all, like, come from this system. And that not only are they burners, they can fly – but they're also like polished route runners that know what to do day one when they walk in the facility. Hartline did something awesome when he was in the NFL. We don't have to dive all the way into it. I do remember a story. You know him personally? Good guy? Yeah, really good dude. An awesome coach, too. He's a really good coach. Loves coaching? Everybody knew he was going to be a coach whenever he was playing? Oh, yeah. He's like on the fast track. I don't know if he wants to ever leave Ohio State, but, yeah, there's people that have tried to come get him. I know that. Is he uh, a FIFO? He's from Ohio. So, yes. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Up north. Oh, oh, where Rupper's from up there? Five Some of the worst Canton, kind. Canton area. Oh, Hall of Fame area. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow, Heartline. All right. How about him, Brian? How old is he? Was he your age? My age? He's in between he might, us? He's, he might be 36, 35. So he's in between us, I think. Yeah. He played in Miami? He was the Dolphins. He was with the Browns for a minute. I know when I was on the Bengals, I played against him when he was in the Browns. Um, I don't know if there's any others. He ran like a 4-2 down a highway or something, right? Like literally, that's what he could, fl he could fly. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. I remember. <laughs> Sorry about it. That's awesome news. Hopefully, we're one of those teams because there's a lot of teams that need weapons. The Colts are one of them. We got Matt Ryan. That's awesome. Jim Irsay is alleging uh, that we're going to get some veteran defensive player. And when he, he talked about the cap, but the cap means nothing. They just signed Bobby Wagner to a five-year, $50 million deal. And they have just re-upped Matthew Stafford for like $160 million guaranteed. I mean, money's not real, okay? Salary cap is not real. And every time I get attacked for saying that, and I might be wrong, like when Devontae leaves and Tyreek leaves, and that's the narrative now, is salary cap's a real thing. It's not. There's some people that are just very good at it, and the Rams are one of those teams. But with a young wide receiver on a rookie deal that you can get, and if the production can be high, you can change a team like that. I don't know enough about Olave and Wilson to really talk about them, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing their goddamn names right, but I'm yeah. excited for draft night to see who gets these weapons, who decides to go out and make their team better. What you say, Gump? I, I said you are, you are pronouncing them correctly, um, but it was I think it was last Olave. week. When uh, Dan Orlovsky said that Garrett Wilson is Julio Jones and Olave is faster Keenan Allen, so why wouldn't you take these guys one and two if it's guaranteed that they're Julio Jones and faster Keenan Allen? Hey, I fucking hate that. Like, Orlovsky was in the NFL, too, so he should know this, you know? Like, comparing them to current guys, you mean, or current like, legends? Yeah, yes. Because, yeah. okay, are you, whenever you make that broad statement, you're. The layman football fan is like, oh, this is who this person is going to be. It's like maybe body-wise that is who that person looks like. But the real differentiator on somebody being a Keenan Allen or being a fucking Julio Jones or whatever Tom Brady is the brain. It's the brain. How do you know how this person is going to be as a pro? How do you know what they're going to be like whenever they get money? How do you know what they're going to be like whenever they get time? How, those, all those decisions that are made, that being bored, not getting bored with consistency is another one of those. I, so I hate, and I think a lot of former players hate, whenever people get on TV, and normally it's pundits, and normally it's people that haven't played, are like, this guy is Christian McCaffrey 2.0. It's like, 
okay, so this guy's going to run into car crashes every single time he gets the ball? Like, <laughs> I just feel like that's a very interesting way to describe people, but I do understand why he's doing it because he sees similar playing styles. But the difference between that guy and a guy that is just having a cup of coffee in the NFL is in between the years, and you can never fucking figure that out. Well, and even sometimes in cases like DK Metcalf we were just talking about where you call him Calvin Johnson, he's like, no, 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 don't fucking call me that. I'm going to be my own player. And I think that's why, you know, when – Dan Orlovsky and these other people call, you know, these guys Hall of Famers, essentially. That sets them up for only, you know, criticism and failure. Because if What's that's Orlovsky there, doing? He's a clock. <laughs> What's he doing? He has a take, man. Dan has a take, and he's not going to back off of it. That's why he's good on TV. We need to stop doing that. I agree. I think it's – I know it's like a thing, though. When I was doing college games, color commentary, a lot of times if there was guys that were – going to be drafted they would want me to come up with, hey can you give us like Good maybe talk. two or three comparisons of what this guy is like compared to an nfl guy now i'm always like i mean i can tell you but like you said i can tell tell you who he's built like really i can't really exactly tell you who he plays like or what he's going to be at the next level that's like that white coming out of penn state that ran a 4-2 they're gonna be like, this guy's the next Wes Welker. It's like that motherfucker's running a four two. Can we maybe <laughs> yeah. can we maybe can we maybe compare him to somebody else other than just who he potentially looks like? Like there was a kid out of Texas Tech that ran like a four three or four four a couple years ago. And they're like, Oh, this guy is the next uh Edelman or something like that. And I'm like, listen, I got a lot of respect for Edelman. Edelman's a dog. That is why yeah. Edelman's not running a four three. Like let, let's I think we can make a better comparison for the person as opposed to just what they look like. But it's always going to be difficult to see who can make and who can't. Because once money gets added into it, the situation, handling, like, relationship, there is just so much that goes into it. I don't like the whole, especially to Keenan Allen and fucking Julio. Keenan Allen gets no love. Mm -hmm. So then whenever you're saying, oh, this guy's a faster Keenan Allen, it's like... You're burying Keenan Allen. <laughs> you're, take, you're taking a shot at Keenan Allen and how great he is by trying to compare him. You're, you're right. Yeah. We love Orlovsky. No. Orlovsky has to talk on TV for 10 hours a day. I think he makes like 15 bucks an hour to do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's going to say a lot of things, okay? <laughs> he's going to say a lot of things to do all that. We love Dan Orlovsky. But that whole – and we're in draft season. I don't like that whole thing. Like, I, I guess if people are going to say that, like, they should go further. Like, he runs his routes – like Keenan Allen did when Keenan Allen was young, just a little bit faster. Like, he ran his 40 a little bit faster than Keenan Allen. Like, I'm okay with that as opposed to saying, oh, this person's going to be a faster this person. It's like, do you know that? Some guy that just ran a 4.8 might be the greatest wide receiver of all time because their football IQ is through the roof. They have a good rapport with the quarterback, and they can get open. It's Predicting all this stuff on who's going to be good, who's not going to be good, is an absolute nightmare. All I know, if they're coming from Ohio State, they're probably taking a pay cut in the NFL. Oh. Have been for a long time. Uh-huh. Long before these NIL deals went through. Ain't that right, AJ? That oldest joke in the book, for sure. You guys are paying players. What's that No, about? I mean, any, any big-time school. And you go, oh, you took a pay cut to come here. Okay. Yeah, it's like Cam Newton. They're like, Cam Newton's taking a pay cut to go number one overall. He was like, really? He was making fifty million dollars. Yeah, that's amazing. They're paying him fifty million dollars. I I got like a hundred dollar handshake one time, and I thought I was king of the castle. (laughs) And then I got forty thousand dollar loan out. I'm like, look at me balling. That dude was making fifty million dollars on a college campus. Holy fuck! Yeah, he's taking pay. (laughs) You remember his dad negotiated that deal with the two different things or whatever? It's like, all right, all right. Uh, Per Tom Pelissero. 
The Browns wanted at least a second rounder without paying any of Baker's contract. You give us a second rounder and take his contract, we'll make a deal. Note, some teams didn't think he was a first rounder when he was drafted by the Cleveland Browns. So I believe the situation was... Number one overall? They didn't believe he was a first rounder when he was drafted number one overall? Some teams, allegedly, this is via the Arrow Pelissero, who just gets an absolute memo, and it was reported by Billy Spikes, Dove Kleiman. The Browns initially wanted at least a second rounder and more for Baker Mayfield while refusing to take on any of the money of his contract per Tom Pelissero. Also notes that some of the NFL teams didn't even believe he was a first-rounder in 2018 draft when the Browns drafted him number one overall. Now, that might just be a bunch of bullshit because... I'd like, to, I'd like to read their notes. I want, to, I want to see their notes from 2018 where they said they gave him a second-round grade. That's what, It's easy to say that now, obviously. Yeah, it's very easy to be like, no, no, we didn't even like him coming out. We thought third-rounder probably. Just and Obviously, we were right. You know, A lot of, obviously, we were right conversations happening with insiders by GMs, I would assume, and other people around the NFL just from what we read. But this Baker Mayfield situation, he might play this year, they're saying. They just signed Jacoby Brissett. They have no idea what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson's suspension. Roger Goodell said a decision's not imminent. Roger Goodell said... Maybe, I don't know. Hey, hey, Raj, uh, when are you going to decide what the punishment is for Deshaun? Uh, when we get all the information. What does that mean? All of the information? Yeah. That could be, what is he doing right now? How is this conversation going over? There is zero end in sight to that entire thing, I think, personally. After seeing one of the depositions, by the way, I don't know how many more of those we're going to see. Deshaun's going to probably hope none of those. I mean, that was very uncomfortable to watch, as is the entire situation. The Cleveland Browns are going through it right now. But they bring in Jacoby. Deshaun Watson's deal is only worth $1 million next year. I think everybody in that place is thinking that Deshaun's probably not playing next year for a good portion of the, game, uh, of the season. Baker Mayfield might play again. They're going to be stuck with Baker unless they cut him. I think the rest of the NFL knows, like, hey, you're fucked, pal. You just gave $230 million guaranteed to another quarterback. Baker's people have already publicly said we want out of here. I guess Baker is on – he's going on the uh, – you never know podcast with Mike Studd and him. Yeah. Ooh. I think he's going on there. There's going to be a lot of clips because we got an email from Ooh. the producer of that uh, podcast and said, hey, there's going to be a lot of things coming out of this podcast with Baker that you're going to want to talk to. And then this guy was like dead set on me calling him or FaceTiming him to talk about it. And I who know, are these guys? What show? Uh, the YNK podcast. Mike Studd, great rapper, singer. He's kind of transitioned yeah. into a media guy now at this point. He has a podcast. He lives a great life out in L.A. if his uh, social media is anything like his actual life. Him and Manziel, I believe, are out there. I believe there's an entire crew. I think Post Malone was running with him for a bit. I mean, it, yeah. it is... Seems like a great time, the life they're living. But they had Baker Mayfield on, I guess, and they talked about everything. And the producer, I forget his name, Luke or something like that, he hit us up and he was like, hey, let's call and let's talk about it. And I was, I'm like, dude, perfect right now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I am so sorry. But if you guys release this, which I assume you're going to, we will certainly talk about it because Baker Mayfield is a huge focal point to the entire drama happening away from the football field right now. Well, in Baker's best case scenario, and I guess this is with the Browns, aside from Deshaun just playing the entire year, like, if he goes out in those first four games and just absolutely lights it up, you got to assume teams then will be like, okay, yeah, we'll give you a second rounder, we'll take on his contract for the rest of the year. Because well, depending right now, upon how desperate. There's no yeah. way he's playing games for that team. There's no his agent. They're going to do everything they can to force them to cut him. He wants to be a free agent. And if he's cut, he's already guaranteed some money, right? Yes. So then he can double dip, get paid somewhere else, and go somewhere else. But the Browns have openly said via their sources, we don't care. Hey, we're not trading you. We might have no fucking quarterback, dude. All right? You don't like us? We don't like you either. <laughs> I mean, we didn't draft you. Somebody else did. We kind of got handed you. Last year, you... 
you played every game. It didn't work out well. And I had a broken humerus. I had torn ligament in my thing. You still threw you still threw the ball 65 times at one game. Well, that was your decision. You guys were fucking me over. That whole bickering of conversation with what's going on with Jimmy G. And I, I saw Kyle Shanahan speaking, <laughs> holding a coffee, sitting in the way that he's... Yeah, buttoned to the top. They kind of had it. They put him in an interesting they spot did. there at the... Uh, league meetings there but he was talking about we have three quarterbacks we really like and he talked about trey lance being a starter much sooner than later so i think his plan is for trey lance still to be the starter and then he also admitted that this uh shoulder surgery with jimmy has slowed down the process of the trade and he said i'm in no hurry i have a great quarterback if jimmy g's on our team and we play him cool if not we're happy with everybody else and jimmy has just been dead silent Jimmy has not said anything about it. If they ask Jimmy to play, Jimmy will go and play probably good football for them. And now he's already been paid. That is the difference between he and Baker. But I think like the more and more it goes with the Baker situation with Cleveland Browns, it doesn't make him more desirable for other teams. I think it goes the opposite direction. And I guess we just kind of got to see how it all pans out. And I can't wait for the the YNK podcast to hear what Baker yeah. Mayfield's saying. If he saw us down the entire front office, that'd be incredible to hear. Why do you think that guy wouldn't like call? Like, hey, let's call and talk about it. It's like, all right, I don't have time right now, but maybe next week. But I assume you're going to want to put that out before next week or whatever. Maybe he had some, like, tips or something like that about, like, WrestleMania. Oh, you think he wanted to help me out? Maybe that's what he was going for. Hey, Baker's going to say this, but also, when you're going after Austin Theory, I actually talked to the guy. He's a bum. His left knee hurts or something like that. Oh, so I should have probably called. I'll make time to call for him. But I can't wait to hear what he has to say. I'm excited to hear what Baker Mayfield has to say. Because all we've heard is what his team has told insiders, that he's not. he wants trade, he wants this, and then there's the bickering. And we haven't heard from Baker yet, other than his entire post about thank you to Cleveland. So I think we might be uh, painting the wrong picture here about Baker Mayfield. We'll have to hear it from his own words, but that's going to be a situation we're going to have to follow. Speaking of following situations, that's all this guy does. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who got got more than once this morning because it is April Fool's Day, senior NFL insider for NFL Network and NFL.com, Friend of the show, Ian Rappaport. Yeah, Woo! Just once. Just once. Wow. Yeah, but honestly, whenever you report something, like it's like two actually because it's already been legitimized because you've already got another source and you send the entire NFL world into a tizzy. April Fool's Day is what? Your biggest Achilles heel? Your biggest nightmare? I, so I don't like it. And I, I assume that some people think it's funny. And I don't know what kind of a take this is because, like, most humans probably think it's dumb. But, like, it's dumb. I don't know what's funny about, like, with all due respect to Julian Edelman, like, you know, tweeting, like, I'm signing with the Bucks or, like, in Tampa Fool's Day. Like, he did literally request a trade. It was, like, two years ago. So it's, like, not that far out of the realm of possibility. Like, Joker requesting another trade. Like, anyway, like, I don't. I don't think it's that funny, and I don't know why anybody would want to do that. Side note, David Njoku now follows me on Twitter, so there you go. Okay, oh. so way to go. Build your sources, your networks up. With that being said, great April Fool stuff. Yeah, right? talk to Njoku, you. And, and, and you know, you saying Julian, there was a couple years ago he did ask for a trade. It's like, it makes it even better. Mm-hmm. Makes it even more believable. You know, they just kind of set that hook right in front of your mouth, and Ian Rapport's like, oh, I need news. I, 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 gone, yeah. That's right. I mean, I was getting out on the golf course today. As you know, we FaceTime when I was missing putts there. Five and foot, uh, five not, by the way, missed plenty, missed plenty more putts as we were as I went on through the day. I assumed that. after watching that one putt, you rarely made putts, you know. Rarely. People look at my swing and they think I'm good. I'm not good. I'm bad because I can't putt. But anyway. I, I didn't see your actual <laughs> swing. I saw your putt swing. No one thinks so. You're playing putt-putt. 
Like, I don't know what you're doing out there. You look like a child at a putt-putt game, like just hoping to make contact. This was a five-foot yeah. putt we saw. He was acting as if the break was coming off of like a windmill at a putt-putt. He, mm. I mean, you sent that thing yeah. out three feet to the left as if you're putting on like, I don't know, the Oakmont golf course out there. Into right? the clown's mouth. Dude, it was so bad. It was one of the worst yeah. putts I've ever seen in my entire life, and, and that is not a lie. And the person I was playing with who was holding my phone as he was showing you was like, wow, that wasn't even close. I'm like, yes, yes. No, I'm aware. Was it, <laughs> like, were you worried about us or was that just April Fool's? That's how you put on, put on April 1st. Oh. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what, that's, I should have gone. He also, by the way, as we were walking to the next hole, well, I was, I was riding. He was walking. Um, <laughs> he was like, so that guy who called you, was he, uh, was he exercising? And I'm like, no, that's, that's just what he dresses. Like, that's how he dresses. He's like, but he was wearing a tank top. I'm like, yes, that's how he dresses. He's like, oh, okay. Is he, does he exercise for a living? I'm like, he used to, but actually punt it. All right. Ian, sport. we don't care. Uh, Ian, listen, geez. you and your yup friends missing pots on the course. Like, I'm happy for you. Enjoy your life. You deserve it. There you are. How hard did you work? I, I actually do have some important uh, Pat McAfee related news for you. Um, so I wanted you to, I was like really excited about this. So I went to uh, an event on Thursday. I happened to, uh, meet Ian Walsh, who's a big-time surfer. And oh. the surfing community is huge on the Pat McAfee Show. And Ian has brought the McAfee Show to his fellow, like, world-class surfers. And they all watch now, and they are big fans. That's it. That's my news. Surf's up. Was that at your little Traeger summit you went to? I yeah. saw you flexing that Traeger summit. You were getting gifts from everybody. You were living your best life. Yeah, but anyway... Surfers, you're big in the surfer world. It's pretty good. Hey, I, I appreciate and love the surfers. There's no chance of me getting out there and doing it with you guys just because, you know, sharks and rocks and shark, my balance shark, and shark. Uh, I got a hole in my eardrum. But I have nothing but respect for the surf culture. I think we share a lot of similar hobbies. I, I think we have we share a lot of similar mindsets on a lot of things. But what you guys do out there is magical. And thanks for watching. Hey, hey, I'll toss a shock anytime you guys need me from the beach. I'll throw you guys water, too, if you need it. Sunscreen, whatever you got. I ain't getting out there. But I appreciate it because I heard you guys look like a seal and when you look mm -hmm. like a seal on that thing you see mm -hmm. the sharks and then you're dead you know like we're hoping for every single shark week and it has never happened i feel like that does actually happen to the surfers so hey hey be safe out there we appreciate the hell out of you let's move on baker mayfield uh he's allegedly doing a podcast i don't know if i was supposed to break that news or not i'm not 100 sure he's doing a podcast though within the next week i think we're going to see clips of baker mayfield speaking publicly about his whole situation allegedly tom pelissero the era reported that they wanted a second rounder and for another team to pick up his entire contract is that real is that not real everybody's just waiting on them to cut him right because they're kind of they know that the browns are stuck in a position but now we're here and there's a chance he plays next season like how is this whole thing shape up you think uh first of all i'm kind of interested to hear from baker as well um my guess is that he probably sounds a little bit like he sounded uh, when he put that little note and i know the note was like pre-planned and, and whatever but i don't get the sense there's a lot of nuance to baker so like he's probably going to be hurt by this he probably is going to talk about how much he loved cleveland uh, and explain you know why he wanted to be traded i get all of it um, but Baker Mayfield would have been the quarterback of the Browns had they not traded for Deshaun Watson. So even amid all this, I do believe this was something that was going to be fixable. Uh, as far as what Pelissero reported, I believe initially at the beginning of all this, that's what the Browns were hoping for 
for Baker was for someone else to take on the salary in a second rounder. It's not going to be that now. I think their salary is fully guaranteed. They're probably going to have to eat some of it. Um, and there is precedent. I mean, last year, the Panthers traded Teddy Bridgewater, the Broncos, right before the draft, ate some salary. It was a late-round pick, I think a six-rounder. And that was a pretty fair deal for a guy who ended up starting. My sense is the trade ends up looking similar to that. Mid to late rounder, the Browns picking up some of the contract, but not all of it, and Baker Mayfield ends up in a new spot. That's a win for everyone. Okay. Ian, when's that timetable? Is that something that may happen like during the draft, or when do you expect this? I would say probably in the couple days before the draft is generally the window there because – you know, the the leverage, I guess, for the Panthers is to be like, well, we're just going to take a guy. And maybe they do. Maybe they want to. But if they don't want to, if they're not in love with this group of quarterback at, you know, in the top 10 where they are, either six or seven, I forget, um, then they could just get Baker Mayfield, have him come in, compete with Sam Darnold, may the best man win, and see if you can kind of reclaim what Baker probably would have been slash should have been before the injury. If it doesn't happen, then the Panthers – take one and then the market is holding on to him waiting for someone else to get injured which you know sometimes happen in the preseason but doesn't always happen so like that's the scenario where they could just hold him like I don't get the sense they would cut him because you're not paying him till the regular season anyway so there's no you know there's no option or anything you need to get out from under they could just keep him and wait for someone to get injured. Bobby Wagner signs a five-year, $50 million deal yesterday worth up to $65 million. Is that the actual numbers, or are you going back to your bullshit numbers? Uh, those were the first available numbers. Uh, uh, what I'm trying to find out now is how much is year one. Oh, so I it's a fair game. Oh, it's I a classic. That the year one number is lower than... $10 million per year, which would make sense. He's a 31-year-old linebacker who's awesome, but 31. Um, and then my sense is the rest of the deal is kind of pay as you go. So the guarantee probably is limited to year one and change. But I'm working on getting additional information because that seems like a massive number, but the Rams structure contracts usually very smartly. So my sense is for a 32-year-old linebacker next year, they probably have the option of what to do, but we'll see. We'll see kind of what it ends up like. And Bobby Wagner had a big market, or I mean, Richard Sherman reported much earlier than you and everybody else that uh, Bobby Wagner news is coming. Ooh. I believe it was the Niners and the Chargers potentially. He's from LA. Was there anybody else that was in that game, or was Bobby and the Rams kind of seemed like a, a no doubter? No, I believe it came down to the Ravens and the Rams, and the Ravens actually had a nice offer on the table for him with guarantees into the second year uh that i think were it wasn't quite 10 but it was close a year um but you know i was told pretty early on that he wants to be in la and don't be surprised if he lands in the division well it's not going to arizona san francisco's got a ton of linebackers he's from la like that makes sense so my my thought all along was he would go to the rams i know the ravens pushed hard and tried but I would like – I'll have to see the contract to see what it actually is because, um, you know, I like to do that. Um, but my no, you sense don't. Is he might That's the more. problem. That's what we've been saying. You don't like to do that. Well, I'm turning over a new leaf. Ah, uh, about it's time. April Fool's. Uh. <laughs> okay. 
that actually works. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah. Rap sheet is uh, Dan Snyder going to have to sell the team and the Commanders, and do you think that that'll happen in these next couple, you know, years with the Congress getting involved? Why you? Yeah. Why are you asking that question? Well, just because I want to know if there's a team up for sale, you know, and also because of the fact that, you know, Dan Snyder and Carl Wentz, maybe there's a new, you know, relationship for me. There was a report that from the front office sports that they were running two books, okay, for people that might just be listening nice. now. There was two different books accounting-wise happening at the Commanders, uh, at the Washington football team. And we all know, I think you know, AJ knows, anybody that's been around any type of life, if the government thinks you're lying about your money, whether it's taxes or fraud, towards your advertisers or anything like that. The fact that there's two books, this is something Snyder is not going to be able to like sneak out of, right? This seems like a much bigger deal than even the exposés that were very terrible in the past. Uh, the short answer is I don't know. I, I like everyone else. I need to I need to let it play out. I need to see what is real and what is not. It does seem, though, uh, based on the reports and based on what I know, that the congressional investigation, I guess it's called, has taken a turn and, you know, expanded its focus a little bit. Um, and we'll see what, you know, is there two books? I have not confirmed that myself. I don't know. Um, the reporter is pretty good, so my sense is he probably knows, but I do not know. Um, if that is the case, it would be very serious because you're right. Once Congress gets involved and they start investigating something, they basically will follow it till wherever. So they'll start on, you know, was there some sort of... Uh, you know, improprieties in the work environment or, or whatever, was there sexual misconduct? And then they will just keep looking and wherever it ends up, it ends up. Obviously, Congress is involved. That sounds serious to me. Would he lose the team? I don't know. But if there was, you know, if there was something financial that very serious that Congress can prove uh, that there were improprieties and something very wrong, then I would say the consequences would probably be as grave as they could come. We just don't know enough yet to see where this is going. If I've learned anything from the uh, the Gabagool families, okay, once the state starts looking, you know, if the state starts looking, even if they get some smaller, they're going to continue until they find or get whatever they think is potentially back there. I'm not saying it's not fair. I'm just saying once the government gets involved, that's always going to be something that's going to be very, very deep, very in detail. And the tax potential evasion thing has gotten so many people. Like, that is the... It's almost like we don't care. You can be a despicable human being, have a toxic culture, expose, expose, expose. But if you're keeping money from the government, you... Hey, in this country, you're in deep shit. Yeah, I mean, that is... How would you find that out? You would just call people over there? You'd call the government? Like, you personally, how would you, how would you legitimize that story? Good question. Um, that would be difficult because I don't have a lot of great governmental contacts. Um, I would probably work it from either from the team angle or, you know, what the NFL knows. But I'm not sure how many people like Congress. Congress doesn't work like that. Congress isn't going to be, you know, tell the NFL, like, all right, here's what we find today. Here's what we find tomorrow. So, like, unfortunately, you know, until it gets at its most serious point, if there is something actionable, like, does Dan Snyder's future with the commanders, you know, is it in doubt? Like, you know, until that point, I'll probably be following along with everyone else unless I get really good congressional sources, which, you know, considering the state of what's happening there, like I probably should go get some. Um, 
it is really interesting and like I don't so know. So what you do? You just go to DC. It definitely has my attention. You would just go to DC and say, "Hey, I want my 100 drinks for everybody in here." Yeah. Hey, this is networking. I'm booze bag Rappaport. Right. You want a shot? Oh, you want a shot? Tell me, are you guys? Is Dennis and I going to get forced to go to jail or sell his team? <laughs> All right, we'll take another shot. Hey, you. Hey, what is, is that? What it is there? I would imagine Congress is pretty similar to the NFL. So, like, if it works in one place, might it work at another place? Also, you know, take them on the golf course. People like they got some nice courses in D.C. That would you got to figure out how to putt. Then I mean, they, once they but see that putt, they ain't going to say it. Early, damn. Okay, I'm a work in progress. We all are. Hey, we all are. We oh all yeah. Good, AJ. Ian, what's uh, do you know like what the process is like for some some of these groups that are trying to acquire an NFL team? We Pat and I were trying to figure out: is it like a blind bid you throw in there? Do you have any idea who's been against you? What the price may be? Sometimes it is a blind bid. I don't believe you're talking about the Broncos. I assume. Well, um, and the yeah. Commanders well, after this whole thing. <laughs> let's assume right now that it is the Broncos. Okay. Um, sometimes they are blind bids. I don't think that this is. What I know is, so basically you get like a group and it has to be, you know, it can't be like it is in baseball where it's like a lot of people and then like, you know, Jeter's the head, but like he's not really, or, a, you know, A-Rod and J-Lo are kind of no. like the heads, but they're not really the ones putting in the most money. The NFL doesn't really work like that. It has to be one person owning a, a uh, enough, you know, past a certain threshold. Uh, and then those people get vetted. They make a bid. Those people get vetted like to the highest level. And then, you know, the NFL gets comfortable with, I guess, a certain number of people. But in the Broncos case, because it's being run by a trust, when all the financials go through and the, the groups, the various groups or single people are, um, when they've gotten through all the different obstacles, because it's a trust, they have to take the most money. So that's just the way. It's not always like that. Like if it was another team, theoretically, the NFL could say, well, we prefer this owner or the person selling could say, I want to sell it to this guy because it's. Uh, Pat Bowen's trust, they have to take the highest. Yeah, have that to. Was- oh, sorry, we don't want to. We just got to take the most amount of money. You got sorry. Or, you know, $4.5 billion, like, you got to take it. Sorry. Sorry see, about it, it. If it's a blind bid, though, you could see how some of these mega wealthy humans that have been created over the last could grossly overbid just to get it knocked, in, knocked out. You know what I mean? Like, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. But, like, you know, some, a lot of times these billionaires, like, they don't think like that. Like, they do, they're like, oh, I'll just overpay. They want the team, but they I am in AT, I'm in Jerry Jones's house right now. Okay, I'm in Jerry, I'm in AT&T Stadium right now. And his exact quote, oh, are, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Jerry, it's be, hey, this place is beautiful. This is You get, get a tour of all the, uh, there's like a bunch of like cool artwork and stuff. Have you gotten a, a tour? No, we're just in the bars down mm-hmm. here. They just stuck us in. We're in the Champions Club here. The Champions Club. A lot of good champions in here. Mm-hmm. It's 13 years old. It looks like it was built yesterday. Everything is like so well maintained. Jerry Jones has a direct quote that goes like, uh, everything that's ever been worth it, people have told me I've overpaid for. So I'm not 100% sure what you're saying is 100% right. I know that there are people that cut every corner and like, hey, hey we're not going to do this. We're not going to pay over there. But I think there's some people out there, like Elon Musk just spent a bunch of money to make a fucking flamethrower. You know, like there is, there's a new batch of money out there where, you know, Bezos is going to space, okay, on a penis-shaped thing. He's going up to space every single, like, month, two months. Aren't they all, 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 you know, spaceships look like that, right? Like, no, no, this one's got the a origin. Tip. The origin has a full on. Yeah. Was that 
I don't know. I don't want to know. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is I think there's this new batch of money, though, that's probably going to get into the NFL where they have, like, billions are literally, like, toilet paper to them at this point because of how much money that has been made. And Bezos is already, what, showcased that he wants to get in the NFL? That's where everybody assumed, like, the uh, stuff about Snyder and the Washington Post and everything was coming from? Or do you think that was all wrong? I, I don't know because I, I have not yet uh, met Bezos. Maybe I will at some point. He wasn't at the Traeger Summit. I thought he was. What? Wow. No, no, I did. I did meet the CEO, uh, Jeremy Andrews, who's a very nice guy. But I did not meet Bezos. So what do they do? They they gave you a free grill for your wife to use, and you said, "All right, I'll come out and reap the benefits of this." No, but listen, no, I did not get a free grill. At some point, I get it. But listen, it is your fault because the amount of people that said to me. Like when I'd, you know, I'd make a comment, I'd be like, oh yeah, well, you know, I, I will generally like smoke you around and like, oh yeah, and so your wife shovels it. Ah, oh, thank God. He, your fault. Well, that's right. I mean, what we did was the right thing. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, Mr. Sheet, uh, Bruce Arians recently took a senior offensive management role in the front office now, uh, as soon as Tom Brady comes back. And then you tweeted out uh, something along the lines of that this has always been his dream to pass on the team to one of his assistants when it's in good hands, like a total mark. Can you just tell us the truth? Tom came back and told Bruce to get the hell out of here. It's his offense and his team now. And then showed up to his press conference to salute him after kicking him out, right? Absolutely. Well, and Chuck Pagano actually gave us an entire great speech the day after this all happened about, like, he actually knows B.A. and all those coaches. He, like, hit a home run here almost in the coaching world. None of his coaches need to move. None of his coaches need to leave. And his coaches are all set up with a good team. And once Chuck said it, I, I actually started to buy in. But when you put that tweet out, I think you saw it. It was tough to believe that that particular story. Yeah. So It actually is really interesting. Um, and, you know, in – what I do, and you guys know, is I try to talk to as many people as possible, not just when something happens, like not just that night, but I've been talking to people in the box, coaches, players, executives, people who are close to them, people close to Brady for the last like three months. First, when Brady retired, you know, like everyone's like, well, you know, he retired because the relationship with B.A. And then like, you know, not to doubt the reporting of Rich Orenberger, who I enjoyed covering in New England and is a very nice guy. Um, but everything needs to be, you know, vetted and figured out and none of it makes sense. So like the conspiracy theory that Brady faked his retirement, came back, kicked B.A. out, even though he's actually still working there. He's got a job in the front office and then had Todd Bowles installed and then showed up at B.A.'s press conference to salute him. Um None of it makes sense to me. And like, so all I can, but like, you're right. I saw the reaction. I saw what everyone said. And I'm like, no one is buying this. But look, was there tension? I'm sure there was. Every place BA has ever coached, there's been tension with players. But it's not like Brady interacted with him that much. Like Brady did the game plan with Byron Leftwich all week. It's not like Bruce Arians came in with a red pen. Like, I hate this play. I hate this play. Like, no, like Brady and Leftwich basically did the offense. Bowles did the defense. Aaron's was, I don't want to say figurehead because that cheapens it, but like he was kind of the overarching guy who did not get involved in nitty gritty of like offensive game planning. Brady had it set up fine. Like I don't, getting Bruce Aaron's out makes zero sense to me. Do you think we'll just continue to learn more and more because like AJ obviously laid out a scenario. And by the way, I know a lot of those coaches down there personally. 
I know BA personally. I know a lot of people down there. They're all very happy with how this is going. They get a team for – and Todd Bowles can coach for another 10 years. Yeah. And if you're in that staff and they have success and they're good to go, and it's a dream scenario for all coaches. But, like, AJ laid out something like, yeah, maybe they do have a lot of respect for each other personally, but there's a chance that Tom was like, all right, we need to go – we need a different thing. We don't know if that's true or not. Obviously, you would know much better than that. And then you hear other people start thinking like, hey, maybe it wasn't just Tom. Maybe it was a bunch of people that were like, hey, we're going to go all in here. We don't necessarily – and maybe BA was a part of these conversations. Do you think we'll continue to learn the story, or do you think this one is done with and over with and we're moving on? No, I'm I'm sure that no one is going to move on because it is really interesting. Like, it never happens. You have, like you said, the, the side of, like, BA is an awesome guy. And it's weird. Like, you know, I've known him for a long time, and – he was very honest with me, or I thought, when he said on the record after the season that he was definitely not retiring, and then he retires like two months later. So that's all kind of Timing weird. was weird. Timing was weird. Timing was weird. Uh, but I guess what it sounded like he wanted was everyone to re-sign and everything to be settled before he handed it off. Like, Brady's back. Uh, and I think, and this again, like, I'm – this is from my reporting, and I feel like people don't believe it, but I really believe that it is true, that one of the main reasons Bruce Arians handed it over to Todd Bowles was because Brady came back because he was like, I'm handing over a rock star team to this assistant coach that I respect more than anyone, and I'm going to make sure that Todd Bowles is in a great situation. So, like, Bruce Arians did an awesome thing. Greatest friend of all time. And I kind of hate it a little bit because it seems like Brady kicked him out when in reality Bruce Arians probably acted as maybe the greatest mentor we've seen in a very long time. Sure. Greatest friend of all time. Not just greatest yep. mentor, greatest friend of all time. Uh, just like you are to us, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> are you breaking any news on WrestleMania this weekend? Didn't you? Can I break some news on you or is that all out there? What is it? What I do? I don't know. I'm saying, like, I thought I'd be able to break some, like, good McAfee uh, WrestleMania news, but it seems like I got nothing. I'm in great, the greatest shape I've ever been in. My spray tan is settling in perfectly. What? I mean, I'm t- a couple of days away from my WrestleMania debut. What? what? Vince McMahon sent me a text at 3 a.m. this fucking morning, and what? it was a video of him on a pit shark squatting a thousand pounds and telling me that my opponent is going to kick my ass. I mean, what type of news do you want? Come that- on. What's that? Yeah, that actually happened? Yes. Yeah. At 3 a.m. I got a text that said Vinnie Mac on my phone. I'm like, what is this? And it was a video of him. Do we have the video? I don't know if we have it. We might be able to run. This video was texting me at 3 a.m. this morning. I just want to let this video was sent to my phone. Three. It wasn't filmed at this time, obviously, because you look out and you see the sunlight. This is what was sent to me at 3 a.m. this morning, Ian Rapport from Vince McMahon, who I thought got along with me and was excited to watch me kick the shit out of Austin Theory. Please. Theory. Your opponent is off the menu. Just left the check. Look what he did here. He put a thousand pounds right here in the pit shark. And he knocked out ten reps. Mike and I, another day at the office, are going to show you how Three AM rap. Oh my god. What's that all about? Jesus. I mean, he's probably right. No offense. 
What all the right. fuck? Oh, that's weird. That's April Fool's. All right, get the hell out of here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rapport. Thanks, dude. Yeah, all right. All right, see you, dude. All right, take a hike, Go dude. All right, good luck. Learn how to putt. You look like a four-year-old at a putt-putt course. Jeez Louise. Prick. Told you he was a mark. Yeah. He, shut up, Ian. Fucking bum. And Vince, enough with the 3 a.m. text telling, telling me people are going to beat my ass. Uh, let's get to a break. On the other side, we'll wrap up this glorious Friday, April 1st. Can't thank you all enough. You're the best humans on earth. Um, big giveaway. I mean, it's WrestleMania Friday. Here we go. We'll do a big giveaway on the other side of this break. Uh, we'll be back in about four minutes. And uh, I'm so incredibly thankful for everybody. Thankful for Rap Sheet, even though he's, he ended that thing like a complete stooge. Yeah. Thankful for Kofi Kingston stopping by earlier. Thankful for AJ Hawk being here. The boys back in. Oh, we got T4 on the other side. Here we go. And then we'll do a big giveaway. So Tone's Tasty Tournament Talk will be on the other side of this four-minute break. And then whenever uh, that ends, which, by the way, you're going to want to hear, we'll do a giveaway, and then we'll propel ourselves into WrestleMania weekend in beautiful fashion. We'll see you in about four minutes. You all are the best. Bye. It is a glorious day wrapping up this show live from AT&T Stadium. We can't thank SeatGeek enough. We can't thank Jerry World enough. We can't thank everybody. Zito, the production, all the boys, everything. I can't be any more grateful than I am right now for this somehow being operable and not that bad. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, we're going to wrap this thing up in glorious fashion. It is time. With the final four on the horizon for another segment of the show that's been captivating the globe. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for T4 Tones Tasty Tournament Talk. Yeah. Thought we are going to have two tones overlooking both sides there, but Tone, goddamn, it is great to see you. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this tournament that's happening. I mean, it is great to be here, Pat. 350-some-odd teams down to four. Four great programs. Four Blue Bloods. Those four will be playing tomorrow with the first game being Villanova, a four-point dog against Kansas. We got two great coaches in Bill Self and Jay Wright. Now, who do I think is going to take down the crown? Of the first game, I think Kansas has got that pedigree. Villanova, wow. okay. Villanova's a, a scrappy bunch, but Villanova's got guys. And when I think when you're in this part of the tournament and you have guys and you have like the coaching, there's no advantage there. These guys have both won national championship. Uh, Kansas has got player of the year candidate. So I, I think we'll go Kansas minus the four in the first one. Lower of a total there. 133 is the total in that one. So they think it's going to be a much slower game than what many are calling the game of destiny. Coach K, his final season, a lot of people are saying it's destiny that Coach K wins this one. These two schools separated by eight miles and a couple shades of blue is what everyone says. Wow. Yeah. Long-time rivalry here, Pat. A lot of people say some of the greatest rivalries in sports this weekend here in this matchup. Hubie Davis leads the Tar Heels against Coach K. Uh, higher total for this one, 151. These teams have been scoring. These teams have been running. Wait, we now, have a boost for that, I think. I believe we do as well. I heard it rumored this morning. I don't know both if it is teams, Both teams to score 68 points. And what's the over-under at? 
Uh, 151, I believe. Okay. Okay, <laughs> we're getting value here. If we do recall from the last time we made one of these bets, both teams to score uh, at least 68 points is a super boost we're putting up on FanDuel. Sorry for cutting you off there, T4. No, 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 no. No problem at all. I mean, a lot of eyes are going to be on this one. This is the, this is the main one. Uh, it's it's going to have to be a two-TV night on Saturday night with, with WrestleMania and with Duke and UNC. You know, uh, my heart is torn here. I, I, I'm a longtime North Carolina guy. I hate Duke. Um, but we just talked about having guys. And Duke's got two of the favorites to win players of the tournament uh, for their, on their team. So it's I can't, I can't pick this one, Pat. I, I really can't. What is T four? Tony. Oh, this is supposed uh, to be tasty. The integrity Tony. of the program. This I, is bland. I, I what do you mean it's bland? Uh, this ain't tasty uh, at all. Tony. Duke's gonna pick. win, Diggs. Just pick Duke. Where's the flavor? I, I thought T four I thought T four was a thought T four was a tournament recap. Where's it's tasty. It's not a tournament take, and it's not tasty at all. Hey. Whenever you do shit like this, it's just bland. No salt, no seasoning, no nothing. It tastes like shit. Oh, well, I, I mean, I took North Carolina, but I didn't want to be a homer on fucking on his program. Okay, oh. you want some integrity. And AJ, by the way, diehard Duke fan, he took Duke. It feels like everybody's kind of torn. What's the money like uh, on these sports books? Do you know, uh, Diggs? Do you know where everybody's betting who people like? The money, so it, the the lines opened at four and a half. So and they've dropped down. So you would think that the money is coming in on the dogs in this one. Um, surprising because Duke is normally a national favorite as far as taking taking money in. Um, but the, the the line is moving towards helping the puppies here. All right. Well, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Sixty percent on UNC right now, Pat. Dumpy, who do you like in that game, pal? UNC in the points. What's the spread? Four. four. It was a four. Basketball's got to be so tough. Don't you always get screwed at the end? Yeah, free throws yes. really. You College know. kids and free throws is, is an issue. Because there's a chance one of these teams could end up winning by 13 when it was a three-point game with a minute and a half left. Yeah. I don't know how you do the money. Like, I don't know how you do the spread in basketball. It seems so much tougher. Yeah, especially college basketball because it's, hey, it's not anarchy. Nope. It's just college basketball. Oh, yeah. and, and I have to mention, who would I be not to mention? At some point in the next week, I, I think sometime around there, the, the women's Final Four is happening, too. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. That's honorable, Tone. Seemed kind of disingenuous. Well, he did cut you yeah. off yesterday. I'm surprised you didn't do that to him today. No, 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 no. This is Tone's show. Well, I cut Nick off? Yeah, yesterday I said, hey, Nick, your thoughts on blah, blah, blah. And, well, you did with the uh, – the, but you had a great answer, and then he had a good follow-up. You guys are a good tag team. I won't let you guys know that. Pretty uh, good gamblers. Let's do the hashtag um, PMS Austin Theory Sucks. Hell yeah. Stinks, stinks, stinks. PMS A-U-S-T-I-N-T-H-E-O-R-Y-S-T-I-N-K-S. Um, and then just – Go ahead and give me your best motivational uh, tweet that you can. Have your cash tag in there as well. We'll give $20,000. Here we go. Wow. Hashtag PMS Austin Theory stinks. Send me a motivational meme, motivational tweet, motivational picture. Have your cash tag in there. I'm going to need it. Because although I'm very confident, and they, you know, Peyton Manning once said, the only people that get nervous are the people that aren't prepared. I am as prepared as I'm ever going to be in the greatest shape I can be. I took a cardio test yesterday, a standard cardio test that I've given myself for years. I passed it with flying colors. Here we go. 
flew right through it. It involves Stairmaster. It involves some push-ups. The body feels good. The lungs feel bigger. I might have just been eating vitamins as of late as opposed to maybe smoking them. So maybe that has made everything feel good. I had a little bit of allergy infection happening in there. That is out of there. I'm feeling lighter than I've ever been. I'm at like 230 right now, 235-ish. You know, put some muscle on. The spray tan's going in. But I need some motivational from my people. So hashtag PMS Austin Theory stinks. Put your cash tag in there via Cash App. Send me something awesome. If I read it, you'll automatically be put into a group. That group will then be randomly selected for $20,000. Let's go. Let's go. go. CFO Phil only keeps one book. We'll write the check. We'll send that over to you. Let's change the game. Let's change the world. Thank you all so much for watching. AJ, thank you for your time from the attic, pal. Hey, thank you. Good luck this weekend. I'm excited to watch, man. I think it's going to be a fun weekend for you. Thank you. It starts with SmackDown tonight. Big show. Oh, yeah. This is WrestleMania SmackDown. Okay? Last show before WrestleMania. There's going to be some big shit that's going to pop off tonight. Gumpy, Diggs, all the boys back in India. I appreciate your guys' patience with this entire setup. Pat, I'd wish you good luck, but Let's you know, go, uh, a windshield doesn't need luck against a bug. Dude. This is yeah, your time. Dude. Oh, yeah. This is your dream. This is your time. Let's go. Let's go. Gump hammer down in 15 minutes. They'll give out winners. Thank you to Kofi Kingston and Rappaport. And to the boys that came here to Dallas to make sure this all happened. Connor, Nick, CFO Phil, Foxy, Zito, the home of Zito Productions. Thank you, boys, so much. It's been magical. Thank you, Pat. Now I got business to tend to. Oh, yeah. See you guys on Monday for an Overreaction Monday, where I will be an undefeated at WrestleMania wrestler. And there will be more NFL news and more life to chat about. You are the greatest. Have the most stupendous WrestleMania weekend of all time. We'll see you on the cock, Peacock, Saturday and Sunday tonight on Fox. Goodbye.